that that is Zachary, um, the idiot. Zachary, I think I, I get a drink. Win that category today. I, I think I drink because you um because because you explain what we're doing. Oh uh, yes, sure, buddy. Don't cough. Um, <laughs> you better. You just go. Um, welcome to part two of March's podcast, where we're covering everything that happened in March. Um, if you missed it last time, we talked about Last of Us. We talked about some other stuff. Go back and watch that one. It was a great time. Not a lot of coughing in that one, but you know, pretty good. Cocaine Bear was involved. There's coughing in that. Um, <laughs> there, There is a card. Uh, there'll be a card above in case you missed part one. Once again, there are different stories, but there might be something in that one that you might want to hear us talk about. Yeah, Zachary. I, I find it odd that you clicked on part two and not part one, but you know, hey, you do you. Thanks for watching the content maybe, anyway. Leave a like. Maybe I just enticed you better with the title. It's possible. And that's fair. Um, for this trailer cover, well, for this, um, once again, just very quickly to explain what we're doing uh, because it might be a little weird in case you don't know who is are. We are Weekend Movie Bros. We're called Weekend Movie Bros because normally our content goes up on the weekend. We are movie people, and we're also bros. Like, real-life bros, not like bros. <laughs> so We're brothers. Like, by blood. <laughs> I don't know. Man, for, for, for the short time we're away from this, you came back to part two with a very different vibe. Uh-huh. Well, no, I've already done this. Off, I, I've already done this for two hours. This is where I'm at. Um, <laughs> so, Your essentially, what we're doing is gentlemen. we are just we're covering the rest of our stories that we had planned that we grabbed from March. We also are going to be playing our fun game of approve or disapprove that I know a lot of you guys enjoy. And if you guys are listening to audio, you guys can always play along. If you guys go switch over to the website version, I will mention the audio version will probably go up a little bit earlier than the website, than YouTube version, but do not worry, it will eventually be up in case you want to play along that way. If not, we'll announce the titles and everything. It's a fun time, so don't worry about it. We'll talk about it at the end. We'll also do our normal outro here in case anybody's here. What we've been watching, anything else like that will be here. Um, for anybody we'll also, who's we'll also announce if you did not watch Dragon Ball Evolution, we'll also be announcing the remaining two commentaries for the month of April, and we'll let you know what they're going to be here today as well. And some of them, more than likely, will already be done by the time this episode goes out. So they'll be linked up in the cards as well. Since I'm really getting good at this YouTube shit, for some reason, it happened. So. And, uh, and to give you guys a sneak peek, one of them made my brother kind of flabbergasted during Dragon Ball Evolution. And I can't wait to mention its name again. It was worse than the movie I'd already watched. <laughs> it was just a title. It might be the worst one out of the three. And that's a hard thing to beat. We really we just don't know done... yet. We don't know yet. We've both seen Mortal Kombat. We've, we've both seen that. We've I've never seen, seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, you haven't? Nope. This just makes heard. this all the more fun. <laughs> all right. So I figured the way this could go is we could do a big review, um, trailer coverage or something under those lines, jump into a smaller story that has expanding stories, cover those. And go back and do another review and go back and forth that work for you sure okay just to kind of you know, i don't know mm -hmm. maybe move things along i really don't know 
And um, since Pedro started our last podcast, let's start with Pedro again. I was just going to say that if you came in for the last podcast, you guys already talked about the Mandalorian, how shitty it was. Let's figure out why. I would like to mention before we jump into this, um, I will start it off here because Zachary uh, is third co-host for this part has show. mixed opinions of this season. I've only seen the first two episodes, so I won't be talking to those first two episodes. Don't judge me. I will be caught up before the finale. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's the goal. <laughs> uh, I, then while he covers episode three through four, I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out. Uh, he's gonna cover the whole thing. I'm not even gonna be here. I can't even hear him. That's that's how much I'm bowing because I don't want spoilers. This is full spoiler coverage. We'll cover the first half this month. We'll cover the next half next month. We'll figure out. You know, tune in for April for that. But let's go ahead and get started. Mandalorian episode one and two. Episode one was basically like a big ass recap, a fun recap. I had a good time, but that's essentially what episode one was. A lot of people were complaining about it because it was too short, and it was just a big ass recap that I enjoyed quite a bit, almost more than episode two. Episode two, however, I'll let Zachary go more in depth details of this stuff. He cares more about this than I do, the honest truth. Um, is the exploration of Mandalore. And um, getting to meet Bokatan, having a cool action sequence with Baby Yoda or Grogu. Who knows? I don't. Maybe you do. I don't know. And um, also, you know, the whole time, just a little fun fact about Jacob's brain. I don't trust anybody. My trust issues are so bad. The whole time Bokatan was walking with uh, Dejarin. I just kept thinking to myself, she's going to fucking murder him. She's going to murder that baby, and she's going to murder him. And then, as the ending progresses, I'm like, oh my god, he's going to drown. And the way she was looking, I thought to myself, you know that he's just going to drop off in that suit and die. <laughs> I can see it in your cold-blooded eyes. And then she saves him, and I was flabbergasted. And honestly, that's where I laid. I have not seen a minute past that. So, that being said, I'm enjoying the first two episodes of Mandalorian. Um, life has just happened, and that's just how it goes. And I'm going to let Zachary take it over from now. He's going to talk full squarely with the first four episodes. And I, my friend, am bowing. Hang on. No, 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 no. Be here for episodes one and two because you've, you've seen them. Sorry. I want you to be here for episodes one and two because I want your opinions on certain things about these episodes. Okay. So let's get this out of the way. As I said in the part in part one, this is my least favorite thing on TV so far this year. I've just not been enjoying it. I've, I've enjoyed Survivor more than Mandalorian, if that tells you anything. Um, this, uh, But there are some upsides to this. There are some upsides to this. As always, this little guy, he's always an update. He's always a plus. He's always there. And I love saying him. Stop flipping, though. Anyway. Um, I love the little flippy flips. No. No, it was adorable at first, but now I can just clearly see them throwing a puppet in the air, and it's super annoying. Um, okay, my first biggest issue with Mandalorian Season 3 has been my biggest issue with most of Star Wars. Stop using the fucking volume. I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. After going from Andor to Mandor, let me tell you, it's just not been fun. Andor practically shot on sets. It looks real. It feels real. I feel like those blasters are shooting buildings. Whereas in Mandalorian, we're back in space. A lot of empty. Nothing. Just a lot of just planets who apparently are very close to each other. Good for you. Also, more Navarro? Cool. I'm happy with it. Hey, look, there's High Magistrate Grief Karga again. Oh, woohoo! So, chapter one. 
chapter one. So we so we get back into Mandalorian. We see Grogu and Din. They're having a great time. We get a great beginning action sequence where this kid's being knighted in the water, saying, "And now I'm part of Mandalore Corps." He gets the little helmet. It's a little too big for his head. Like, and then they fight a and they fight a dragon. Apparently, they fight these creatures quite often. I'm like, then dude, move. Um, you keep losing children. Um, and then man, and then Din and Grogu come in and they save everybody. And Grogu pops out of the little cockpit and goes, and I go, and then you know they go to uh, they go back to Navarro. That's where they meet Magistrate Karga. Why are they going to Navarro? Because Din Djarin wants help with help to go to Mandalore. I will stop me. What? I think I give in the summary. I think we just want your opinion, not a play by play. We're not trying to spend another 30 minutes with Pedro. I love him, but no, it's not happening. Okay. What, what, what's your thoughts and opinions, Zachary? Okay, so chapter uh, this uh, the first episode of Mandalorian Season 3 has my favorite moment of any episode of Mandalorian with the Anzellans. Those little guys are adorable. They're fun. No, baby. No squeezy. It's just hilarious. <laughs> we can't fix it. It broke it. It broke it. <laughs> it's so funny. But that, but that is my biggest issue with the first episode of this season. Why? IG-11 had a fantastic, impactful, memoric death in season one of Mandalorian when he sacrificed himself after becoming a sympathetic droid. Because he had somebody to trust. I get it. I respect it. But he's dead. Leave him dead. Go get another droid. And that he does. Um, and then so, you know... So then we go fight the pirates. They try to take over a school, yada, yada, yada. This episode was boring. Bunch of recap. Not a lot happened. Then we get to part, uh, episode two. Return to Mandalore. This episode was flipping fantastic. All the culture, all the lore of Mandalore. I thought Mandalore looked beautiful. I thought the creatures were interesting. And I love freaking Bo-Katan Kreese. I love this woman so much. Katie Sackhoff, you are a beast. You you started a tradition for Star Wars characters to go from animation to live action, and you've done it so well. You continue to do it so well. I love this character. And, you know, it just... I wish this season had more of an idea of what its story was. This is my biggest issue with all of Star Wars and when it comes to shows and even movies. They have no set plan. They don't know what they want to do. But then... Disney's like, no, 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 no. Wait till episode seven, and we're gonna blow your fucking mind. I'm like, well, thanks, Disney. Um, <laughs> why couldn't that happen in episode three or four or you know that crappy six? Why? <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, well, overall, uh, this season no, okay. Pedro Pascal's voice has been great. I know he's. Not, I know why he's not here because he was shooting The Last of Us. Good for Pedro Pascal. He's doing great for him. Good job. But overall, Din's a deep, Din's a boring character. He doesn't oh, say much. He just stands there and moves. Okay. On, on that note, um, <laughs> great note. Excellent. I, once again, am going to disappear for just, just a little bit. And because um, I do think the audience deserves for you to just, I guess, the shit on their show just a little bit more and, and talk about episode three and four. I really hope you do. I hope, I hope it's just better everybody but maybe not and you know some people really like the shit posting shit talking so maybe it's exactly up your alley you're welcome i'm just going to make sure hold on before i pop out of here you are muted can't hear a single okay now episode three 
I got all my real fun stuff out of it because he was here. Episode three. Um, I love this episode. I can see him dancing down here. <laughs> He's just doing his little moves. Um, episode three, I loved. I thought the Kershing episode was fantastic. It added more details to the cloning process that they keep talking about. This adds more to uh, what's going on now at the end with uh, six and seven, if you've been catching up. Uh, I thought that the, Cur again, I thought three was fantastic. Four, what was four? Four was the Raptor episode. Four was the episode where we got Ahmed Best back for the Jedi stuff with Dinjar uh, with uh, Grogu. I thought all that stuff was cool. I wish they would have added more motivation to the the, 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 the the kidnapping of the child, knowing that it was Paz Vizsla's son. I wish they I would at least know at the beginning of the episode, not the end. But but that's been my feelings for this season overall, is that they just keep putting us on these random adventures. And again, like I said before. They're adding it to what is a great episode seven. They're adding, it makes more sense. They're adding more to Papazzo's story. They're adding more to the cloning stuff. It all makes sense, but I just wish it would have taken that much time. I'm excited for Wednesday, but what was the point of the journey worth it? We'll find out. But that's what I think of this season so far. Everybody's been doing really, really well. Um, but yeah, that's Mandalorian. Let's move on to the next one. I'm waving to him to get his notification. Get oh, there you go. <laughs> I am back. Don't be rude. Okay. On that note, since you no shit I, talking by the way after you left, I did that for the sake of you. Yay! <laughs> there you go. Um. What did you think of Mandalorian so far, episodes one and two? Yeah, no, I said my opinion. It's good. It's fine. Nothing special. Uh, nothing not special though. Um, okay, we'll go here. It's sure. nice. It's small. It's straightforward. Uh, this is the story. I think the Birth more funny. Back, baby. Yeah, thank you for saying because I was just going to continue on without saying what the actual story is. We're talking about Punisher being back in uh, Daredevil. Um, Born again. Born again. I have some thoughts about that, but that's okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, I will mention to Zachary here, because I'm going to talk a little slight spoilers that could be spoilers for Daredevil Born Again, uh, in case he wants to, to pull out. Not yet. Not not doing it. Oh, God. Oh, okay. He's back. You okay? What are you doing? No. I, I, I said not yet. Okay. How do I mute you? Oh, I, I just muted my computer. Um, you can just take off your headphones, and I'll just like signal you or something. Okay. Anyway, go on. Sorry. I just not when I I'll tell you when. Um, because I think this oh. is important to the conversation. Not really, but it's important there, Devil. So I'll, we'll talk about Punisher first. I find it very interesting that John Berthold has been going around telling everybody who will listen to him he is not doing Punisher unless he can do his Punisher. So are we getting his Punisher, or is that paycheck just so pretty he could not back it up? <laughs> because I've seen the last few things he's been in. They are not great. They're not the best projects. So I have a feeling it's not that we're getting his Punisher back, and I think people need to accept that. I think the paycheck was just so pretty he couldn't pass it up. Which is fine. If that's what gets him back in the role, maybe he finds love again in it, and it's, you know, no no shame, no, no problems. 
Um, mm -hmm. The creator has announced that this is a direct season four, even though they said it wasn't, but it basically is, uh, which could mean it's very dark and brooding and the whole fucking nine yards, or it could mean that it's not. I've seen Daredevil in both ways, <laughs> even on Disney Plus. So, like, who we've knows? We've seen him kill people, and we've seen him do the Walk of Shame. Perfect. Honestly, that's the TV show. But um, I actually, once again, I can't talk about that because I don't, I don't want to give anything away. There's a few speculations going around I wanted to address here. I don't know, Zachary. Um, I know you were kind of mixed on this when it was first announced. How are you feeling about a month still, or so after the announcements? Still. Because it's giving me conflicting information. Like, they keep saying, you know, this Daredevil series is going to be different from the other seasons. And now they're saying it's a continuation right off of season four. And then they, you know, recast um, Kingpin's wife, even though it's direct continuity in condition with season four. We're not getting back Foggy and... Um, Karen. See, that's something that I will be talking about once Zachary does disappear, the Karen and Fox so, situation. Uh, so, again, it's conflicting information. Am I still excited for this show? Fuck yes. I, this is my most anticipated Disney Plus show of all time. I can't wait. For, J Jacob knows this. Daredevil is one of my favorite television shows of all time. I have seen that show numerous times. I know that series backwards and forwards. The final season does not get enough credit. The final fight between Fisk and uh, Matt in his hotel in front of his wife is truly beautiful and i love it every time and so i am very excited for this show however if you're going to not be that in disney plus form then stop giving me conflicting information that's all i have to say i'm excited but conflicted i will also say one would hope and this is nothing against daredevil or anything else or any of the disney plus shows because there's quite a few of them that are going to be you know our netflix shows coming over characters and things like that I do hope they give them a little bit of bigger of a budget. They just yeah. kind of deserve it. You know, Netflix never did it. And so I do hope that, you know, it's there. I know shooting in New York is really expensive and things, and they are shooting on location in New York. Um, Wait, but they're not shooting in the volume? On that I'm note. Time chime. On that note, um, I'm going to talk a little bit of speculation. Uh, you can you can either stick around for speculation because once then mm -hmm. nothing's ever been confirmed. But if you want to go in completely blind without knowing anything based on set photos or what people believe it's based on set photos, go ahead and I'm going to mute you okay. and um, take you out. And once his headphones, okay, his headphones are off. All right, and now he's another shit uh, but like either way the speculation that's going on right now is the fact that karen and foggy are not coming back um there's two things that are going around i should say the first one is the fact that they're not coming back that was confirmed but some people believe in certain set photos that you can see that the dates are around the time of the blip so some people believe that this series will take place during the blip um we've never seen anything take place during the blip yet like truly take place during the blip. And so that's what people believe. And that's the reason why that Karen and Foggy are not in this, at least for its first season, is because Karen and Foggy were blipped. One would assume that you would want to show that on camera and things, um, but this is a good way to get around some of the casting and some of the scheduling and stuff that they could for the TV show. So um, it's a good story plot-wise, 
Plus, also, we don't really know what it looked like during the blip during those five years, really. And so I think that's also fun and exciting to explore this part of the timeline. This is a part of the timeline that I would be interested in exploring more in the MCU. And so it's exciting. Um, the other thing that's been going around is that this will be not a serialized thing. It's going to be more made for television, which would with a case-by-case leak. There's actually a rumor going around that it will actually premiere on television on like ABC Family or something like that. And maybe not ABC, but Fox or something or those lines, something owned by Disney. And then post it onto Disney Plus simultaneously. They've had some freeform ones as well. Something or those lines. Knowing the fact that the budget could be made for TV, because they are kind of playing around with this, is a little scary. I might mention that one to Zachary because it doesn't really have any spoilers. The only other one that had spoilers was the fact that it could be set during the blip. Uh, he might not want to know that. So, all right, let's see if I can get his attention. Okay, um, one thing. I This is not a spoiler for anything. It's not even like, a, it is a speculation. Um, but it's not for the TV show. I'm just curious of your opinion on this if it does happen. Okay. Because okay. it would more affect like the behind the scenes. Okay. okay. I'm not going to tell you exactly what they're doing because I think that part could be counted as your like you, your thing you don't want to hear about. But there's a rumor going around that Daredevil Born Again will be premiering on television alongside Disney Plus. That it will be on like ABC or Freeform, as long as Disney Plus. They have done this in the past with Andor, um, and um, another one I can't remember what the other one was, uh, to try to boost viewership. Um, try to you know to I think they did it for She-Hulk as well. I think they posted like one or two episodes. It was like a special premiere type of thing that they were trying to do. It mm-hmm. did I guess moderately okay for them to think a whole series should be that way. A lot of people are in speculation of this because of these long series being 16 episodes. It's extremely long for a first season, especially exclusively to Disney+. Plus. My question to you outside of what the actual project is and things like that and what that can entail story-wise, mm-hmm. do you think that would be able to affect the budget and the way they shoot things? Budget wise, sure, but again, this brings up my issue that we just that we talked about. This is conflicting information. This show, if they want it to be like it was on Netflix, cannot be on ABC. It cannot even be on Freeform. Like it wouldn't work. So again, that's telling me that they are trying to go in two distinctly different directions, but keeping that show this in that's in the same pace. Pick one. I want this show, they want this show to be good. They clearly know that they have something. They know that this is the most important Marvel series that they are going to do. And I really wish that they would... I wonder if, like, FX or something would be better. I'm trying to think of, like, a TV, like, wait, you could premiere it on cable. Do you want to premiere it on cable? That's still edgier type of thing. Realistically, yes, FX, or I even think more of an FXX kind of thing, would yeah, fit for this. Sh- would, would 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 fit for this? But again, that's still conflicting. Like you're you're telling 
We've been saying this, even Kevin Feige's talked about it, Matt, uh, Charlie Cox has talked about it, that this is a different Daredevil. And the Daredevil we saw in She-Hulk, if this is a continuity thing for the MCU, has to stay in continuity going into his own show. And so you've already set the boundary that this match more funny, more eccentric. You know, he's not, you know, beating people to a bloody pulp. He's, you know, he gets there, but he doesn't take it to that... At least not yet. Maybe there's something that happens in this show. Kingpin that's like to a... me, Kingpin to me is the is the pinnacle of what this show has to be. And Hawkeye, he deflected bullets with his stomach. You can't. You just get get, get get you can't. I, I the intimidation left when that happened because for me, what I liked about Vincent's Kingpin and Daredevil was that he didn't need the superpowers that Kingpin had. He was terrifying. He was scary. He was methodical. He kept you on your toes. He didn't need guys in jumpsuits as henchmen. He didn't need any of that. Yeah, shit. but like you can understand why that shit was brought in though, but right? That's my, but, but yes, but that's my point. If you're going that direction with your two main leads, then that has to be the show you're going for. It would be really weird then if Punisher shows up and blows somebody to smithereens and Daredevil goes, well, hot diggy dog, you don't do that in this universe, buddy. It'd be weird. And then him shooting a grenade launcher at Kingpin and it deflecting off Kingpin well, would be weird. Yeah, see, that's that that would be the weird part. I do agree with that. Um I hope they have I hope they have much more um clear like reasons why. And going into a story later with all the delays and stuff, delaying Echo only adds more to this confusion because Kingpin is a co-lead in Echo as well. And well, so, Echo is still supposed to come out before this, even with the delays. Right, um, but still, you know, adding on to that, though, we have to look at Echo's continuity and how that show will work for Kingpin going into Daredevil. Once so again, if Echo for, is still more on the, on the comedy side, then I, I don't know. I would still say, you know, I would, I would think Echo is probably going to be under the more serious side. Because Echo is Hawkeye is a great one to come off of for this. Um, I think the obviously the representation of Kingpin is everybody's it's their own opinion if they liked it or they didn't like it. Um, but I think if you have a good explanation of why he can do these things, um, even if it's like a, whatever it might be, I think if Marvel can come up with like a really good reason, comic book you can kind of say whatever you want and people will leave it type of thing. Um, I mean he's a big man with a tiny little head. It's just, it's just not Vincent D'Onofrio. So, essentially, I think with a good reason why he can survive a bullet to the head, because obviously he does that and things, because, um, you know, that's what's alluded to at the end of Hawkeye for his character. Um, and I think if you still keep to the point of Hawkeye, Hawkeye is an extremely violent show without being violent, if that makes sense. Without the blood... This is basically, I'd say, is probably about as far. This is Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier even went further. About as far as Daredevil, I think, is willing to go. Will be willing to go. Um, you can still kill people. You can still show blood. You can. We have seen this. Um, but punish. You can't show Punisher level violence. Of what? No, no. Does. You cannot show Punisher level violence. But then again, once again, the question here is: John Burthall returned for the character, or did he return for? The fact that he had no leverage. He can't be like, well, I'm doing great out here. I don't need you. Maybe not the case anymore. Or maybe, maybe for the hopeful third option, 
the story is just so good that he's like, I have to be a part of it, even if it's a little different, you know? Then again, are they going to tear totter with the scale? This has been happening sometimes on streaming services, especially streaming service. One episode will be TV 14, the next episode TVMA. It's a really weird thing that happened, but it's not abnormal. It is something that does happen. It's weird, but it is, it is something. So maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe they're going to tear totter with the scale. But to me, that also adds another complication point in that then maybe the Punisher's only in one episode that's super bloody, super violent, yeah. and then we transition to the next episode and it completely, again, keys off filter and it's back to being how it is the rest of the series. And if that's the case, then... I mean, I just really feel like we just really need to figure out where the tone's at for it. Yes. I think that's the most important thing. I is this a, com- a joking, comic-y type of thing? Where does it fit in? Um, it's very possible. Captain America... The entire realm of Captain America, Hawkeye, Scarlet Johansson, or Black Widow, is the perfect realm for Daredevil to be in. Yes. Only because of the simple fact that's kind of where his TV show lied. Um, obviously, he runs around more with Spider-Man, things like that. But Spider-Man in the MCU does not, in my opinion, fit really well with no. Daredevil for Netflix. Um, I would say, you know, I would say um, No Way Home was was quite brutal. Um, I would definitely say that it was more brutal than the previous ones, but the MCU has always been brutal. It just hasn't been bloody. So no. if I wonder if that's going to be like a, like, oh, it, there's not, there's no blood in this. I'm not going to watch it. Or is it more like, cause the Punisher's back, there's expectations to withhold. I think that, I think that's just, I think that's the show's biggest issue in that announcing that Bernthal's coming back. It sets that expectation of, well, if Punisher's going to be there, then this is going to go off the rails and be super violent. And I think Disney and more, more importantly, Feige need to get in front of this and say, no, 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 no. Burnthal's back, but we're doing something different with his Punisher. So I really think at Comic-Con this year, they need to have a sit down with their audience and say, okay, listen, we're going to give you a full kind of like, not the rundown of the show, but give you guys like what the tone is, what you can expect from these characters. Who's coming back? Who are we recasting? That kind of thing. That way everybody can finally know what Daredevil is going to be and we can kind of set our expectations then moving into the show when it comes out. Because Or, I'm, you know, they might just wait until they can release a teaser for it and be like, or they might release, they might be like going into Echo being like, this is what you can expect. The tone here, you know, the type of thing. I have a very strong feeling based on previous projects and stuff. The tone is going to be under the lines of Black Widow, Hawkeye. I feel like Hawkeye is going to be on the lines of Echo. You know, serious subject matters handled with slight comedy, you know, because obviously um, it's MCU. You can't get away, you can't get away from it. It has to be there. But I don't think it's going to be like walls, you know, balls deep into comedy like She-Hulk is, where almost every other line was like a comedic, like joke type of thing. So do I think it's going to be more of those lines. Do you think Secret Invasion can kind of give us an idea of what we can expect from Daredevil? I think Secret Invasion is a great one as well because Secret Invasion looks like it possibly could be kind of funny in certain cases, mm-hmm. um, but also extremely serious, especially to see how far they go. I think Secret yeah. Invasion is a good one to figure out how far are you willing to go. Um, 
you know, in this case, because you're dealing with torture and things are those lines, really deep and dark. But then I, I think back to Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Falcon and Winter Soldier went so much further than anybody was prepared for. I mean, the oh, final like, three episodes of that are brutal, like mm-hmm. brutal. See, I wish I wish Moon Knight could have been in this conversation because I think if Moon Knight would have Moon set Knight its tone had parts of it that were a part of the yes. conversation, but they were but, not but, it, but that's the tone I worry for is the tone of Moon Knight, where they try to do the overcomplicating seriousness while adding in the comedic tone to it. Where I think in Moon Knight, minus the episode where we go back and look through Mark Spector's life. The majority of that show is very high on the comedic aspect of it, mm-hmm. and the more serious tone of the show, I think, is brought down a little bit more. Great binge. And it's a, oh, it's a great, it's a great binge. Minus the finale, I do not like the finale of that show. I really enjoyed um, the finale with the binge. Did you? Yeah. If it, it felt, if it, it still fell out of place to me when I watched. On it. second rewatch, I, I really enjoyed it more. The tone, I kind not overall. Of the, the tone I want Daredevil to hit, and it's so weird to say this, is uh, Werewolf by Night. Yeah, I was going to say, or look, look at Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night, I'm pretty sure, was, let me double check. I mean, it did, it was PG-13, so it's going to fall under the TV-14 rating in Werewolf of uh, the Things. So if they can get away with all of that, it was black and white, that's important to remember when thinking about this. But yeah. they went pretty far with Werewolf by Night. Mm-hmm. Dismemberments, you know, blood on screen. Uh, even the blood was red. Like, I mean, they you know, they had, like, little motifs and stuff throughout. I think Werewolf by Night is a great example. And I think that's probably what more this side that we're seeing is kind of... That would I be mean, the tone where they would definitely hit for, for sure. That, that would and definitely be the tone. As long as it's TV-14, it's still appropriate for TV. You can still air it on normal television. Because, um, I mean, medical dramas are different from, like, this, but Grey's Anatomy is extremely bloody and brutal. And it's TV-14. As a I late really, time period, you, you have to play it at, like, 9 p.m. But, yeah. you know. But I would have to wonder if it does air for television, does that mean we're going to have more consistent times? Are we looking at a 9 to 9.30 time slot or a 9 to 10 time slot with commercials? Because we're looking for a 9 to 10 slot that means it's about 43 minutes 43 times 16 that's a pretty good length for a television show overall and might actually work out for us as a benefactor of like time length why, for disney plus why do you think of all their shows marvel i can't this is the entirely one that they tell you that answer that like i said a part of this i can talk to you about a part of this just in case the changes or whatever i don't want to tell you it because it's all speculation. This entire thing is is in rumor form. Right. Um, yeah. So the other thing I have is also in rumor form, but it could change the entire look that you look at Daredevil born again entirely based on one name, like one answer I give you. And so I don't want to do that because they might not even do this and it might be completely different and who right. knows. So I don't want you to have that in your face. And you'd be like, oh, because I have a feeling you're going to be like, oh, that's horrible. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to go in with the expectations I- that you have. I think if we look at Werewolf by Night, if they can come to Comic-Con and kind of give us an idea of what the show's going to be, and we also look at Blade, I think we'll find, I, I think we'll kind of find, like, what our intermittent is going to be for Daredevil. If we look at all three of those 
um, ideas. The only difference, I once again, that's why I keep bringing up the other side of things. The only difference I have for you is that it is a part of their horror section. Um, these supernatural TV shows, Moon Knight, it's also supposed to be a part of that that section. Moon Knight, once again, had moments where it kind of went there but didn't go forward there. Um, so that's the only thing that could throw this off, like trying to have that comparison there, only because you're trying to aim for a different audience and like with, say, Daredevil. I would also wonder, She-Hulk did not do very well. Mm-mm. The episode Daredevil did very well with him in it. Yeah. I wonder if that's what people are going to be expecting who have never seen the Netflix show, who opted not to, if that's the Daredevil they're expecting. Then you get a different Daredevil. How will that go down? Yeah. Again, Once again, like- I have a somewhat an idea if the rumors are true, how that could go down. But once again, don't want to mention it in case the rumors are not true. But it is something to keep in mind when thinking about this character. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on over to a review. We'll do our next movie review for Scream 6. Um, if you guys watched the last part, this is my favorite movie of the year. But, because it's my favorite movie of the year, I go last. Zachary, I want to know about your experience of seeing Scream 6. You saw it like two weeks ago. Um, so, what, let me know how you're feeling two weeks in um, to seeing this movie. Are you feeling the same? Where are you, I haven't where are you stopped landing? thinking about this movie. There are, there are, there are moments in this film that subvert my expectation of the movie. Full spoilers, Full spoilers. Um, the entirety of the twist at the end. Now, I told this to Jacob when we got out. I did not like the twist for the movie. I, I, it felt like something that, if you were paying attention, you could have saw coming. I think they hit it very well, and that and it it did, it did throw me off, but it uh. But besides that, the um, to me this series has used its legacy characters, I think the best I think of any any franchise going there currently right now, I really do. I think they've shown every character they've whether the actor or actress is a, doesn't care what's going on in their movies anymore. I think that Scream has shown its legacy characters justice. They have maintained what those characters are, and I think it shows in these movies, past two especially. Um, but it's all about the new characters. I think Melissa is absolutely fantastic in this movie. She, to know that's the same girl from In the Heights, boggles my mind. Because that is not the that that they, they are so different people. Um, <laughs> Um, and what else can you say about Jenna Ortega? That that little girl is just all over Hollywood. She's everywhere. Um, will she end up as a Marvel girl or a DC girl? I'm going on the more side of the DC girl thing. That's where I'm thinking she's going to go. I think she's she more fan great... casted in um, in Marvel than she has. I been think in she DC. make a great Raven. That's she has been actually she... uh, mostly fan casted as Rogue here recently. Is the big one. So Raven or Rogue, the two, the, yeah. the two characters with issues, fits Jenna take perfectly. <laughs> um, but uh, I think this is my favorite scream because Ghostface gets to shine. You know, it's mainly always been about you know Sydney versus Ghostface, and obviously Sid takes the majority of the screen time, and Ghostface pops up when he needs to pop up. What I love about this movie is that Ghostface feels like the main character of the movie uh, subsidently. 
and that you know there's a lot more screen time with the with, with the mask and it's nice to see one of these staple horror franchises let their horror character shine like Jason Wood or Freddie Wood or Michael Wood in their movies. You really don't get that with Ghostface because Sydney honestly took more of the of, of, of the sublight from Ghostface because it became her series after a certain point. So it's nice to see Ghostface get that get that center stage. I think the entire side character cast is fantastic. The, the twins again are a highlight from Screen Five. Um, uh, this is my favorite version of Gail is in this movie. I thought Courtney Cox is fan- her scene in this movie is just so, so, so well done. I thought Hayden Panettiere, given what, what she was given, I thought was really good in the movie. But you can definitely tell she's been away from acting for a while, and that's not a bad thing. I, um, people uh, had the same criticisms for when Carrie Fisher came back for Force Awakens. But I thought she did a fantastic job in the movie. I really, really liked her. I thought the kills were awesome. But I think the thing that really put this movie over the edge for me, that really subsided as my second favorite film this year, was the opening. I think the opening completely subverted your expectations, going in for the typical girl kill, and no, it completely flips it on you, and you don't see it coming. So well done. So I can't say enough good things about Scream 6. This gets a 4.5 out of 5 for me. Cool. Cool. Um, Scream Scream 6 is a special film. Um, I knew it was special when they announced it. I I do like telling the story because I think it's fun. Uh, So I'm going to tell the same story. Zachary's already heard this story. Anybody I see this movie hears the story. Screen Rand, who is not really known for posting... um, they publish as soon as they find something is what they're known for and that can give you like we talked about that in the beginning of the last podcast the reason why we're doing it monthly is because we want the entire idea you know we want the entire scope of the thing so that's important and screen rant's not that screen rant got a copy of one of the original scripts in the original script i'm going to tell you a little bit about it it's gonna, you know i learned some things before I do that, let me quickly explain to you what Scream 6 is about. Scream 6 follows our main cast of characters from Scream 5 outside of Nev and all of them um, into the new Big Apple where they're hunted down again by Ghostface, who is more brutal, more vicious, out for a deeply, deeply badly ruined vengeance, and by far one of the most fucked up twist endings that they've had in a long time. Even though they've done something similar to this, the idea of a family was something else, I tell you. The last time they did the family angle was like, what, Scream 3? Scream 2. Two. It was actually, technically, they have all been family angles, but the killer family angle was Scream 2. Um, the Oliphant, right? Was No, it's, it's, he was one of them, but it's uh, Billy Lewis's mother. She was one yeah. of the killers. Either way. And there's parts of this movie, once again, I've seen it now three times and i will see it many 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 more times um i have a feeling it's gonna be playing non-stop for at least the first month that i get it just because i loved it it's so much year's Black Widow. it is it is i always have one i have one that i see on constant and it's never you know it's always one that ends up being my top 10 of the year and normally people are like why is that there and i'm just like it's you just had to be there <laughs> type of thing um 
I just really loved Sam as a character. I really loved the sister bonding. I love the slow moments. That's really weird for a screen movie to have slow moments where it's not just all about, oh my God, who's going to die next? Who's the next, you know, what's the next big setup? No, I like the small moments in like the bedroom where, where um, Tara almost gets kissed and she's just laying there and she's smiling and they have these like little happy moments. Mm-hmm. I think um, without me reading so much that I do and watching so many of these that I do, I think seeing the fact, once again, this is full spoilers for anybody out there who's not seen it yet. I'm going to be talking about the killers. <laughs> seeing that Quinn surviving, if I didn't know the rules of Ghostface and how many times it's happened before in situations like this, I probably wouldn't have suspected it. Like, I would feel like a newcomer wouldn't suspect it. Um, the one that did catch, catch me off guard, if he was a better actor, would have been Ethan. But the actor that they chose was a little too forthtelling. Um, and I'm going to blame that on the actor, not on the writing. Because they did write that character in a way that you shouldn't be able to tell that he's going to pop up underneath that mask. Quinn, if you know the rules, you might know. Um, and then once again, I'm going to once again talk about the detective. The actor who we've seen a bunch, I just don't think he can handle villain really well. And so mm-hmm. I do think there's a turning point in the movie where you kind of like, yeah, it's him. Um, nothing against it, though, because the reveal of it, some people like, I really liked, other people don't like. The fact that it's like a fucked up family, it's just so fascinating to me that I didn't mind it. <laughs> I really liked it. I also think the setup was really nice for the final act, uh, the latter scene even on rewatch is still very intense and very scary and sad. The acting in that scene is top notch, like top, top notch. You really do feel the the pain. What's the sister's name? The twin sister's name. What's her name? I just know her real name. Um, Mindy. She's in yellow jackets. Yeah. Yasmin is her real name, but Mindy is her name. Kills it in that scene. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, and the brutality, I can't get over it. Sam goes all murdery. I want it. I want a whole movie of it. I will pay to see a whole movie of her murder people. Just because I just, I just, <laughs> I fucking love it. And see, that brings up the next big question that I always had for Scream, that I have Scream for Seven. Are we following the killer? That's a nice way to divert expectations. Um, going around and seeing the kills happen, like, you know, in your face, kind of like a manic way. If you know what that movie is, it's a horror film. Or are we playing along Jenna, who was originally supposed to be the new Sid, you know, that's who they had written it for, which in our would be the new Sydney, where she doesn't realize her sister is murdering everybody. Because I think that's obviously the only way to go forward. And I would say for this group of characters, I would say Scream 7 will probably be the closing chapter. I don't know if they would come back again. It might be the closing chapter of these movies. And I don't know how necessarily mad I'll be. Maybe in 10 more years, they'll come back and they'll be like, we're ready to do it again. And once again, I don't know how mad I would be by that decision. I also don't know if they'd try a TV show again with the actual screen brand instead of trying to you know, do their own thing. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they have lived past this and they're ready to move on to other things. There's a lot more things you can do with Scream. It's a very popular franchise um, mm-hmm. shown by the box office. This is the best doing one in the entire series, which means that Scream 6 is at the height of the franchise at the moment, kind of like John Wick, you know, Chapter 4, which we're going to talk about here soon. Um, Yeah, it's phenomenal. I love it. 
I wasn't sure if I loved it. I mean, I walked out thinking this is fucking phenomenal. I can't wait to watch this again. But I want to see it two more times to really make sure that I'm going into this thinking this is everything. Mm-hmm. And a ranking for a Scream movie it is number two. That's how good it is. The opening, I definitely do agree. Just like Scream 5, you know, changed the expectations of Terra Living. This one, the reveal of that, which I don't want to ruin here. I know I ruined kind of the killers, but like the opening, I feel like is even better than the actual reveal of the killers, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's more shocking. And then again, it subverts expectations. You don't expect what happens. Then that actual opening line, like the real opening line that starts the movie, mm-hmm. who gives a fuck about movies, is so perfect that it made my sister look at me and said, what the fuck? Because <laughs> that's not Ghostface. And that's my favorite part about this movie, is that it's so true to Scream without being true at all. And that's how you elevate something past the point. And also, once again, we've been talking about this for a long time. Playing with the serial killer character like they do with Sam here, it's just it's just fascinating. And I could watch four more movies of it if they're you know willing to do it. Um, the we'll talk about it next month, but she got a deal, they got a deal together, so they might be busy, might be a little bit longer in between movies this time around if they actually do come back for it. You know where she's going to be showing up next? Yes, I do. That's what I'm talking a about. Universal monster movie. How dope is that? Yep. That's All really right. cool. Uh, we'll see how well it does. I mean, that was they announced it on the height of Renfield to try to get people excited for Renfield since they're doing these like weird Universal monster movies now because the Mummy didn't do well. Um, they're all connected somehow. I don't know how. But. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I love the fact that they're, they're 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 doing it this way so nonchalantly. Like they're not like here it is. Here's a big universe. I like that they're doing it this way. It's different. It's wacky. It's weird. And the people who want to go watch them now are going to be the niche audience, and they're going to appreciate it. You know what? Also, it's just really weird because, like, the Invisible Man is in the same universe as this, and I just don't. The it, it's, it's just nuts. weird. It's weird. Um, obviously that's a ten. Um, it was not a ten initially. I won't lie, and I will. I do know there's problems. I can see the faults, but I love it so much that sometimes you don't care. And this just happens to be one of those times where I personally just don't care. The best screen movie can live out, you know, can go above those faults. Scream four for me is the same way. Scream six is the same way. Not every screen movie can. Um, there are three of those that do not. <laughs> and there's three of those that do. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. Because not every movie is perfect. Even the best movies, the masterpieces, still have something wrong with them. Okay. All right. I want to talk about Clayface is coming because it's a short, nice, easy story. You keep saying that, Jake. I know, because I keep hoping it's broken through. So, Clayface, Zachary didn't know what this is. I had mentioned, and so I was like, okay, let's do it. Uh, Clayface is popping up possibly in two places in the DCEU, or DCU, whatever the fuck they're calling it nowadays. DCU. Cool. Just <laughs> letting you know, that's what it's, it's the DCU. So... The first place that was announced um, was announced via pitch type of thing. These are speculation, but I just find it funny that Clayface popped up in two locations within the same day for two different projects. I just like, Clayface is not that great of a character. He shouldn't be anywhere near these, but we're going to talk about them anyways. Clayface, Mike Flanagan, who I adore and love, great filmmaker and phenomenal, whatever, has um, said that he would like to make a film, a whole entire dedicated film, 
yes, you heard me correct, Enclave phase. Um, that's by far one of the worst things I've heard all year. And then, hold on. I will fight you. And then... I will fight you. And then, Batman Part 2 has also somewhat seemingly possibly announced that Clayface will be one of the villains that will be popping up in that movie as well. Um, that's obviously okay. in speculation because of the writing and everything else. Yeah. But it, it's there was a there was something on the lines they had both popped up in in both mediums. Okay, so since I'm just learning about this. Here's my mean reaction to both. Yes. yes. Of course. Okay. Yes to both. I so I will I will start with the one where I think we both agree on, which is the Batman Part Two. My my idea for the Batman Part Two is that Mister Freeze is the main villain of Batman Part Two because of how Gotham is left at the end of the Batman. I think Clayface would be a great sub-villain for that movie, much like how Penguin was to Riddler. I think Clayface would be a great sub-character to Mister Freeze because he's clay, he's mud, whereas Mister Freeze is the ice. I think it'd be a great contradiction between the two of them. And I think it'd be interesting to see what they do with a more wacky-esque villain for that for Matt Reeves' universe. I think he can do it, though. I have all the faith in Matt Reeves to do it. However, I will fight you for Mike Flanagan's Clayface movie. This sounds ingenious. The story of Clayface is so sad, so endearing. You can really get to know this guy. He is a drunk. He's an actor. He just wants to live the role of a lifetime. And then life looks at him and makes him a piece of crap, basically. And so then he has to work his way around and not only be an actor for himself, but an actor for the world. He has to show the world that he is not just a piece of mud, but he's also an aspiring actor, a fatorian. And it's a beautiful thing. You make this like a Frankenstein mishmash, it would be fucking awesome. Okay, I kind of see where you're going with this, and I still very much disagree. I disagree on both points, so when we counter-argument both those, not like in a mean way, but just in like a journalistic way. Okay, first one. Um, Clayface, the only time I've ever known Clayface, I don't read Clayface. I don't read things with Clayface in them. I actually try to avoid them. Actually, I see them, I see them on the cover, and I run the other way. That's kind of where I'm at with Clayface. <laughs> okay? But... The only type of clay face that I know is the one where he sat down at a chair so James Gunn could sit his nice last line in the HBO Max series Harley Quinn. And that's it. That's the only thing I know is that I remember him being like, his ass smells nice. How could that get a miracle? How could that get a movie? Okay? Is that going to be the movie? He murdered like Tommy Jones? first official spit take of film. Excuse me. <laughs> he murdered Tommy Lee Jones. Just <laughs> to get nasty. Just so he could sniff James Gunn's nest, which is kind of funny in the long run of things, but that was before oh. he took over. And for so that's the first movie. Like I just can't see it. Okay. I just can't. I'm sorry. I get your point. I think the Frankenstein oh. thing kind of cool, but like not cool enough to be a movie. Maybe a short film, not a movie. Definitely make a short film. Two minutes, tabs, low budget. Use the actual clay. Stop motion. Stop I see it now. <laughs> okay. But the Batman part two, he should just be an Arkham villain. He's nothing. 
That was a lot. Sorry, listeners um, out there. <laughs> ASMR, not welcome. Um, no, like, I just Let don't think... My bodily functions. <laughs> I just don't think Clayface is important enough to uh, get a bigger role than just being Clay in the back of a cell. And that's that's literally it. That's all I got for you. Ugh. Next story, please. Sure thing. Um, because we have so many other things, I'm just going <clears> to <throat> jump up here and we can talk about Liv Tyler and we can talk about a little bit about the Captain America stuff as well. Changing, you know, over. Sure. Sure. Ugh. That would be, um, do you want to start this off? Yeah. Since you've okay. actually seen the movie that she's a part of? I have. It was just once. And it was in 40 parts. Because I kept pausing it because that was horrible. Oh, well, thanks for telling me that. That will be a commentary down the line for sure. Um, no, it won't. <laughs> yes, it will. I'll be sick every day. Oh, too bad. I'll make you watch it anyway. <laughs> Continue uh, onwards. Anyway, um, yes, uh, Liv Tyler is coming back to the MCU as Betty Ross, and I am so happy. It's fine. I just find it so funny that everybody made it back from the Incredible Hulk except the Incredible Hulk, and I find that just hilarious. Um, <laughs> they are completing storylines from a movie that won't involve the main lead. That's just funny to me. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be honest, it's actually kind of sad. Not the Edward Norton shit. That was his choice. But the fact that she's coming back and she won't get to play with her like on-screen dad in that. Movie. That's what that that's one thing that aggravates me about the situation. She should she should she she, she should she should, blah, blah. she should have come back sooner. But here's my here's my thing when it involves all this. Liv Tyler's not coming back in the Hulk movie. She's not even coming back in She-Hulk. She's coming back in Captain America Four, where the main villain of Captain America Four is the leader. Where Thunderbolt Ross is trying to take care of the Thunderbolts with with Captain America while trying to fight the leader. And from what we still know, Bruce Banner is not in this movie. So they're trying to make an Incredible Hulk 2 without the Hulk. No, okay. Sam right there. So let's, let's talk about this. Zachary, because you are opening this up to a discussion that could contain spoilers. Just buckle up, buddy. Okay? Let's talk about this. Um... Is going through major rewrites right now, so who the fuck knows? I feel really bad for every actor on a set right now because of the strike that's about to happen. We'll see how MC movies turn out in the future. It might turn out like a good old, you know, what's that movie? The really bad Domino 7 movie? Quantum Asylum? Who was that? <laughs> what is it? There you go. It sounds like a Batman Beyond spinoff. Well, it is a sale. It could turn out like a lot of that where the actors are writing for them because they literally don't have a writer on set because everybody's on strike. Revenge of the Fallen, the second Transformers movie, got hit really hard with this wire strike back in 2009. Yeah. We're about to go through another one. Um, it's a very real thing once it actually starts to make motion we'll talk about it here on the podcast. But either way... Uh, at this very moment in time, the original script was covering three different parts of the MCU, which is why they decided to rewrite it for obvious reasons. Good job. We have, you know, 
Sam actually just becoming you know, Captain America. Captain America which should That's be a, you know, the movie. Yeah, it should be. But it's not. And then we have the Hawks. The Hawks was already kind of rewritten a little bit with She-Hulk because She-Hulk was supposed to the end with the serum getting out, like an actual serum for everybody to become Hawks. And that was actually supposed to be like the big plot line of Captain America New World Order. Which is so interesting. I don't understand how Captain America is supposed to fight Red Hulk. But, like, you know, Hulk is always a great assist anywhere. Mark Ruffle just likes to throw himself into things. and It's fun. Mark Ruffle has been since confirmed in rumors that he's in this movie. Every other Hulk is in this movie, at least in the script that was going around. So I don't understand. I don't see why Wait, he what wouldn't. What are you telling me was that Red Hulk, Scar, She-Hulk, and Hulk? and Just call this Incredible Hulk 2. I can't. They logically, they just, they physically can't do it. <laughs> then we also have, um, you know, the president, um, Harrison Ford. I would really, I wouldn't know that conversation. I want to be there for that conversation. How does President Ross happen? Let me know. Let me know. Um, I really hate the fact that Harrison Ford is taking over this role. I think he's a good recasting for, um, I can't think of his I name. Think great Ross. But I just, I feel like by the end of the time, the other actor, I can't think of his name, so sorry, recipes, played him, especially his last role being in Black Widow and stuff. I think it was so understated and so, like, so haunting because of it that I think Harrison Ford's a little too splashy for me um, for this role. But then again, Harrison Ford's also turning red. So what the fuck do I know? At least he did in the original script, so what the fuck do we all know? Here, here's my thing still. It's still my thing. We How also do know... Harrison Ford? Well, maybe he was bored. Um, we also do know, based on set photos, that she is dressed like she is going to a funeral. So I do have to wonder what that means. Could it be that we lose another adventure? We, watched, we all watched that What If episode. We all know how he explodes. And she was in that episode. Liv Tyler came back to voice Betty Ross in What If. Just one step um, closer. Listen, if they have no, if we now have a son of the Hulk, we have a step, we have a cousin of the Hulk. Do we really need the Hulk? Honestly, just saying. I mean, we could actually blow up Scar. I actually would like that better. I Can we make a position? Yeah, I think we all will be. Especially now she's coming back. You give him a kid after? What? Now we're going to have weird, like, children parents? Like, no, oh, I'm Scar sorry. Can I have custody on Tuesday? You can have custody on Thursday? No, like, what the, the Scar, fuck? The Scar thing really pisses me off. Oh, we're not, not going to get into it. No, not, not, not because of Scar. Because of what they set up in Age of Ultron. It makes no sense. Either way, it should have been Hulkling. That's what it should have been. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Moving on. Liv Tyler is back. I'm happy for her. She's a phenomenal so actress. She's good. She, she she's does her great as Betty Ross. Well, I wouldn't go that far. That movie was trash. No, she really but... is. Her whether you give shit to Norton or not, her and Norton had a really good chemistry, and she really grounded him in the moments where he needed to be grounded. Yeah, but Edward Norton she... is not here, so maybe I mean... that's the reason why. Um... <laughs> Do you think the problem being is the uh, fact that they wanted her back, but they have horrible chemistry? How fucking nuts. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. This could be nuts. Nuts. What if? Big. I, I cannot understate this enough. 
I don't know anything. I haven't talked to anybody. How do you know me that reliable to get this information? But this could be truly nuts. What if the funeral is for Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner? What if it is? And then during the movie, because we are in the multiversal saga, Edward Norton's Bruce Banner shows back up. And that's the one we deal with. How no. think about oh, think about that for a second. He left the project so mad, so insecure, done with Marvel. What if? What if they bring back everybody from his movie? And he's like, you know what? Maybe I wasn't wrong. Maybe I'll give this one more shot. And it took Liv Tyler and Kevin Feige to go talk to him. I'm just saying. On that note of craziness. In a Captain America movie. Yeah, that's the problem. Like That's the problem, though. Like, can't Sam just have one movie and then you can take it over? Like, you could... Like, Captain America, at least, like, Chris Evans had one movie before he had the assist. And you can't even say Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which does turn to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. It's still his movie because there is the Winter Soldier. You still didn't think Sam could just carry his own there. And you still don't think it, Sam can carry his own here. You made the title Captain America and the Winter Soldier. What's the most famous Marvel movie? Captain America and the Winter Soldier. The little... A little um, racist. Either way, moving on. We are going to talk about more Marvel. I figured we could just stay in the realm of Disney. There's a few things to go over here. Some bad, some good. Mostly bad, but mostly good. Um, mostly bad. Oh, well, yeah. So we're going to talk about massive Marvel delays. If you guys did not know, let me just cover it real fast for you because it's real fun and easy. Bob Iger came back and he came back with a fucking vengeance. He was like, yeah. this shit is damn the pooper. I left it at the highest of the heights that I could leave. <laughs> this shit's down the pooper. <laughs> I left it at the biggest heights that I could leave it. It is the number one company, and now we're, we're failing the stock market. <laughs> Paramount's been more successful than you. <laughs> he knew problems were about, and we're going to talk about how he decided to fix those problems. Some good. Some bad. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. The biggest thing, one of the bigger things, I should say, bigger things were to come. <laughs> but one of the big things that came out of this, yeah, was the fact that Matt, that Marvel, who was on full track to release four movies this year, three movies next year, two, three Disney Plus shows, four next year, crazy amount of content. He was like, fuck that, no. <laughs> he looked at Kevin Feige and said, listen, my guy, I don't know what Chapek did to you, but we need to back this up just a little for the sake yeah, of your fans and for your sanity. He looked at he looked at Chapek. No, he looked at Feige, sorry. I'm a little tired, as you guys can tell. He looked at Feige and he was like, dude, if you don't pull the fucking brakes, I'm going to fire your ass. And you know what? Kevin Feige is like, I like my job. I'm happy with where I am. That's fine. If you if you if you really think this is a problem, well then my God, maybe it's a problem. And he pulled the fucking brakes. Now, okay, the only confirmed Disney Plus TV show to be coming out this entire year 
is Secret Invasion. We were supposed to be getting three of these things, and now there's only one. Yeah, that was Secret means... Invasion, Loki, and Ironheart, right? Um, it was your Ironheart or Echo? I can't remember which one. I think it was Ironheart. Very possible. We are supposed to get three. Two of those are done. One of those is about to be done. Almost ready to go. And they're just going to be sitting on that shit. And then we move over to the movies. We're supposed to be getting four of those little babies this year. Nope, nope, nope. We're only getting three. And one move from July to November. Yeah, that's a pretty big jump if you ask me. Because of reshoots. Massive reshoots. Not even small ass reshoots. Massive fucking reshoots. That's not good. This is the fifth time. That's also not good. But you know, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's not. It's probably not. The only thing I have some guidance in because he couldn't touch is maybe Secret Invasion. But maybe I don't because now I'm getting a little nervous as I talk about it right now because what is this absolute coral? Oh, God. <laughs> and then uh, Fantastic Four. You don't know? I, I don't think I know. Maybe I do know. It's being Wait, completely I... rewritten by the Avatar 2 writers. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, that was also a big thing. So we can all agree. The biggest problem with Marvel movies. Well, the VFX. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Was the writers. It's not the directors. It's not the actors. It's the writers. The writers are horrible. They just hired a bunch of clunky dunks and just like, eh, that's it. And moved on. Horrible. Absolutely fucking horrible. Rewrite all of those scripts. I don't want to see one of them. Just get them. I don't care if they're masterpieces. Get the fuck out. Think of something new. Because that's where I'm at. Okay? These are shit. These are fucking shit. You cannot watch. Bob Iver is probably like, Kevin Feige, I gave you Disney+. Plus, and you decide on a writer that didn't even watch your TV show? <laughs> you decide to let them improv for four hours? Where's my Kevin, money? Kevin Feige, I gave you WandaVision. I let you put WandaVision on Disney+, Plus, and then you put out Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and you decide not to connect anything. I gave you a time to let your characters grow, and you did nothing with it. What You released, in the two years that I've been gone, eight Disney Plus shows? Eight! And you only renewed one of them? Who? Sorry. Who remembers what it is? No one. I didn't. That's why I didn't mention it, Kevin. Just saying. And, your quali- looking- and, the quality of, and the quality of film you've been putting out since Iger left has not been good. The amount of lists I have been upon of top 10 worst CGI of all time and that little floating head that I don't even remember in Thor, Love, and Thunder has been upon is ridiculous. It's absolutely fucking... I remember that movie being bad. Actually, I remember that movie being okay. And I remember being like, no, Jacob, it's bad. And then I'm like, is it? And then I'm like, yes. And I'm like, huh, nope, not going to go rewatch that. And so I honestly don't know. I just remember gay babies. That's it. And then, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. But objectively, we like that. (laughs) After sitting on it, I didn't like this movie. I don't like like know. M- M- Modoc really killed that movie for me. <laughs> See, whoever wrote that? Oh, wait, it's the Rick and Morty writers. Huh, who's shocked? No one. Um, and I get it. Maybe some people are write- better at writing television. Loki writer, good at writing Loki. 
nothing else. But you would think the Loki writer who's been dealing with multi-travel and who introduced the multi-verse you know, to the MCU in the first place would know how to handle the, like, the multiverse, but he didn't. So, you know, just saying. That was Marvel's just first real big mistake. <sighs> We I all knew it too. We all we all said it. We all were like Kevin, you don't need to open this door. And he was like, I want to play. And we're all like, don't play. And then what if came out and the final episode was so good that we're like, maybe, maybe you should play just a little bit. And then we all regretted it. We all were like, this is a bad idea. I can honestly, honestly say, after now being with the MCU five years post-endgame, I I'm not that big of a fan of the MCU anymore. They really have I, to earn my no. They have to earn it back. I I, I am. Liked, I have liked four projects that they have put out. Four out of everything. The only one I, the only two that I vividly did not like, like truly just did not enjoy watching. Three, sorry, that I just did not enjoy at all. What if? most of it not everything but most of it i didn't really like i thought it was really dumb um if you don't have a conclusion to your story you're a bad writer it's just the moral of the story i don't care if it's a what if or not what ifs have conclusions i read the comics yeah yeah shitty writer dr strange too i don't think i need more to say about that one just being honest um there's things about that that is good but there's also a lot of things about it that's bad so you know i can't just watch it for mom even though I call it mom. Maybe I can. Who knows? And then Thor, Love and Thunder, which I personally don't really remember. So I'm just assuming it was bad because everybody tells me it's bad. Everybody also tells me Quantum Mania is bad. But maybe because I went in such low expectations because I was really expecting nothing because I really hate Ant-Man the Wasp like with such a deep, dark passion that maybe I just walked out of it thinking, you know what? Not that bad. Could have been worse. I saw the last one. The highlights so far of the MCU post Endgame have been Shang Chi. Oh, great movie! I personally love Eternals. It's a big bag. WandaVision. Miss Marvel. Great. Loki. You can continue. I'm not going to say great. That, no, that 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 that's where it stops. Okay, so oh, for Black per- Panther. Personally, Six. for me. Um, Zachary has Vendetta's idea. Sorry, I heard voices. I got scared. Um, Zachary has Vendetta's. It's just who he is. So, you know, that's okay. I have, I have what? Vendetta's. I don't have any Vendetta's. Don't, don't worry. We're going to go through my list and you're like, oh, wait, maybe I do. <laughs> so, the good movies in Marvel, in my opinion, my opinion, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Still one of my favorite Marvel movies. Everybody hates it. I love it. Get the fuck over it. Hawkeye. The follow-up. Fucking amazing. I watched that three times last year during Christmas time. Three times. I never once got tired of it. I just kept going backwards. Dave, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you an honest question about Hawkeye? Sure. Yeah, sure. Did you watch Hawkeye three times because you enjoyed the show? Or did you watch Hawkeye three times because Yelena Mova was in the show? No, actually because I enjoyed the show. I love, yeah, I love the TV show. I love the exploration of grief. I love the exploration of trauma and the danger and what that does for the character. I love just seeing Hawkeye 
I don't know, as like an actual human being. And no one can get over how amazing Kate Bishop is. And yes, the amazing, heart-pounding, heart-breaking assist by one amazing Yelena Belova is always spectacular. But was not the main reason. Wasn't not not the main reason, but wasn't the main reason. Okay? Doesn't matter if it was or not. Who the fuck cares? Shang-Chi. Uh, let's think here. Oh, really like Miss Marvel. I enjoyed She-Hulk. I will not lie. I did not like She-Hulk on initial watch. I liked the first episode, then it got bad. But the I highly recommend the binge of She-Hulk. The binge of She-Hulk changed that entire TV show for me. Could not recommend that more than like anything. WandaVision, of course, my baby. I've seen that more than any other MCU project. Literally. That's my comfort, which is kind of scary. But that's fine. Um, didn't like Moon Knight. So we have Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. Did I say Miss Marvel? I don't you think did. I did. You did. Oh, I did. Okay. Mm -hmm. Black Panther 2. Amazing. Probably the mm -hmm. one of the best movies they've released post-Endgame. I agree. Um, is No Way Home in this list? No Way Home would count as in these movies, yeah. It is a Spider-Man movie. I, it's not on my list, but it would count if it's in your list. Sorry. Okay, so I have seven. So No Way Home is on too. I'm trying to think of what else came out. Oh, Falcon Wear Soldier, I also very much love. I think about it way more than I probably should. I don't know. Overall, I'm having a great time. It's the moral of the story. Um, if I rank them, it's my favorite characters are ranked higher than everything else. But that's just because you enjoy watching things that you enjoy, you know? Mm -hmm. I wish that they would introduce new characters, but they would... The problem is, the problem I had with Moon Knight and other problems I've had with other characters is the fact that they're not attached to the MCU. They're in their own little bubble. Werewolf mm -hmm. by Night never felt like an MCU project. Moon Knight never felt like an MCU project. There's a superhero doing superhero things, but it never felt like it was a part of something larger. That's the beautiful Not thing even, about Falcon and Soldier, Hawkeye. These things, they evolve, they explore. Miss Marvel was so in-depth with its content. Loki was, you know, Loki. Not and, even the Christmas special for Guardians no. felt like it was connected. But then again, the Christmas special is setting up a movie that we have not seen, so I can't really talk to that because we haven't seen the final result of that. So maybe we'll think differently. I hate that. Um, see, I'm not really looking. We'll talk about that. Okay, we got to move on. Either way, we're going to continue onwards with Disney because we just have more things to talk about. So let's just continue downwards. A part of Bob Iger's big old, we're going through and murdering people phase. That's what he decided. We have huge updates on Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts was originally already written, already set to start filming this year, um, towards the end of this year. Uh, like August, I think it was like the start mm -hmm. date. It's now been pushed. To like October, I think now. It's going through massive rewrites. If you've seen the TV show Beef, um, which is very anxiety-inducing, but very fun, um, on Netflix, do recommend if you can handle it. The creator and writer and director of that will be creating, will be writing and directing Thunderbolts. It makes sense if you've seen Beef. You, you understand why. Um, he also brought over Stephen Young, who is from Walking Dead. That is Gwen. He'll be playing a mysterious character that we've all pretty much already guessed. 
I can't remember the name though because I'm tired. Hyperion. There you go. And um, which is a race band character, but who gives a fuck nowadays? Shut. It's 2023. Get over yourself. And <laughs> sorry. Good job, Jake. A little aggressive, but I'm really no, tired. No, that's of true. High five. Good job. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I, I think this is I, the only part that I don't like about this rewrite. Part of the reason why they rewrote it was because it was more aiming for like a Black Widow 2 sequel type of thing, um, more aiming towards Black Widow characters and kind of leaving the other ones off to end but in order to not do that they took yelena after outside of the team leader she's no longer the team leader now they made bucky the team leader and that has been confirmed in multiple different places um so i would really just hope they were co-leaders of thunderbolts because i think they both Mm -hmm. would deserve it and also that romance would be really nice do i think yelena is slightly bisexual for sure but i also think bucky is too so like it doesn't really matter Let the gays love. Also, Zuno should be a part of this movie. I definitely do agree. I think that was one of the worst cuts from Falcon Winter Soldier is not recruiting him. I do think you're going to continue to feel that as we continue to progress. Um, I don't think there's enough of a split between the two worlds. I think there's too many Black Widow characters and not enough other characters. I wonder if they do add Zemo in now because Ghost is gone. Because she left the project, Ghost did. Um, so maybe they will have more rooms, or maybe they'll find another female character to put another female character on the team. It's also possible to try to keep you know the numbers and stuff. We'll just see how it works. They could also add. They could also add Blonsky if they wanted to. Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, really, just depends on the budget and what they're really going for for the movie. This is a big team up movie. Um, I'm really excited for this for that reason. This is like one of the first offhand team up movies. It doesn't really have like. We're building from a bunch of other characters type of thing. We're building a bunch of side characters who are finally getting a movie together. And that's mm-hmm. never really been done before. And so I'm excited to see how that plays out with audience members. Do they like this, this or they wish that it was more like the Avengers where we had side projects and then we moved into bigger things? This reminds me a lot of when Guardians 1 was coming out where like we didn't know much of what was going on and how, how the dynamic would work with these people. So I think yeah. they have that going for them for sure. And I, I think if Thunderbolts can hit that Guardians 1 vibe, not in the sense of, you know, like intergalactic stuff, but, you know, like, you know, they maintain like an, like a, like, like an anti-family-esque thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, we still don't know what this movie really is going to be about. We just know that the team's coming together. I do know, once again, it's being rewritten. So is Captain America, New World Order. So we'll see how well they're connected. But I do know a part of New World Order and also into Thunderbolts was the Vibranium War that was being teased at the end of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. They were supposed to have like a tiny seed line throughout these movies, mostly in Thunderbolts. Um, one of the rumors going around was that the team was going and grabbing um, Vibranium from all these different locations. And that was like one of the big things because that's, you know, what's her face? That's what she really wants. And she wants that power. And so she was sending out her team to do that for her oh, type Fatine. of thing. Yeah, Fatine. Um, So who's obviously in cahoots with, you know, Thunderbolt Ross and stuff. But either way. President Thunderbolt Ross. That's true. We'll see how well that all works out and things. Because once again, they're having a new writer come in to do it. I'm sure there's still story points that they have to stick to. Because well, we Captain do America need to come out before Thunderbolts or after Thunderbolts. Captain America should come out before Thunderbolts. So if it comes out after Thunderbolts, it's going to be weird. Well, we'll just see how it's written. 
Um, once again, I think the biggest thing here is consistency. Mm -hmm. Making sure this you is lacking. I do agree. And that's why I've really enjoyed these last few projects where I can kind of finally kind of see things being placed together. Like the multiversal saga, I can finally kind of seeing little places because of movies coming down the pipeline and stuff. And so it does make me a little excited, but also makes me a little nervous. So we'll see how so it goes. Here's a transition for you. That all multiversal thing might get changed again because of Jonathan Majors. Hit the button. Oh, I was going to go. We can start there. I was going to go over there, but that's fine. Uh, Jonathan, I've, I had this whole Biogar, Bob Iger thing going on, Zachary. Well, that's okay. You picked him. He is involved, kind of. Um, Zachary made a good point before we started this spot, before we started it with Jonathan Majors. We're only talking about a situation right now because it has to deal with the MCU. Um, we covered stories like this in the past when it deals with big franchises. We're going to continue to covering it the same way. Um, we did this with the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard situation, the Scarlett Johansson situation versus Disney. The same thing goes for Jonathan Majors, who has been convicted of a crime, a very horrible crime at that, and is the lead, the big bad villain for the next, like, six films in the MCU. And he's very much front and center in those six films. This isn't like um, some... I mean, spoilers for Quantumania. It's been out for a while now, but the post credit scene clearly shows you Jonathan Majors is all over the curtain multiversal stuff they're going to be going with. I mean, at this very moment in time, for anybody who is wondering, he has not been cut from Loki season two. He is very much the third Still a part main of lead. I think the only thing that has been cut involving him is all the army stuff that they talked about, but I think that's it. And again, who knows? They might still be waiting on, like... So... I, I want to treat this as, for right now, just speculatory stuff. Like, what we think A could happen, and what what does that mean for the MCU moving forward? When it comes to the actual stuff against majors, I don't want to say anything about that until we know concrete information coming out from the courts and what that means for him as, a, you know, moving forward. Because if this goes in a way where I, where, where I, I hope it doesn't go, but it could... Jonathan Major's career could be very well just done. Like, this could be it, and Jonathan Major's had his run, and we could be done moving on with him. But again, I don't want to say anything about that until we know more about what happened at the courts. Only thing I have to say about it, once again, I definitely do agree. I think we need to talk about the... We need to stick to the the other situation here. The only thing that I have to say is Ezra Miller. Mm -hmm. Very different situations, but both deal with very heinous crimes. One kidnapping, one abuse, um, but they, but Ezra Miller is still going to go on press. He's still going to go on tour for the Flash. He's still going to go all over the world. These are all things that are going to happen. These things are not going to change, and he's still going to get paid money for that movie. Um, so that's my only thing. You know, um, we should look at it from that side of point as well. And then of course, we can always go back to the good old Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard situation. You're never proven guilty until a court of law. And so until he is truly proven guilty in a court of law, it's all he said, she said, even if she they have proof, proof, which is why we're not going to talk about it. Um, because there's a lot of people saying he's completely innocent. And there's a lot of people saying he's not completely innocent. My only thing comes back to why would you call the cops on something you did wrong? And mm -hmm. he's the one who called the cops. But then again, we don't know the whole story. 
So that's all I got to say for it. Um, I don't know. So when, it, when, it comes to the when it comes to the MCU side of the situation, I think this puts Kevin and Bob in a very precarious situation that they have not been in yet. You know, this is the first time that Marvel's really had to deal with an actor outside of the projects. They really haven't dealt with this before. This is this is new territory for them. So I am curious to see what Feige's response will be in the coming weeks and or months, you know, depending. Like if we get to Comic-Con, he says, well, the multiverse changed it again. Me or New Kane the Conqueror, yada, yada, yada. And they don't explain why or anything. They just say that that happened. Like, you know, if that happens, I think that'd be, I think that'd be a really dumb idea on how to do it, but that's something that they could do. Um, but also have to look at the financial side. Like, you know, we talked about this before we started recording earlier, you know, Majors yeah. has been in a couple of films. Um, and I think where he shined was Lovecraft Country. That's where everybody really got their attention for him was Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country on HBO last year. And then obviously, you know, he did the movie Devotion, which financially did not do very well for him. He did Creed 3, which has got good word of mouth, but again, financially is not... No, it actually financially did phenomenal. Um, but that then, one... But then his main one, his big one, was Ant-Man the Lost Quantumania, and financially, that didn't do very well, and no one particularly liked him in the movie. So... But my only thing to that, I think, is interesting, because... He had two movies come out back to back. You know, not many actors can say that happened, but they came out like two weeks apart. And that's what happened. Um, Jonathan Majors, once again, if we look at the box office, Creed is still making money. It's making money every week. It's available to rent um, and to buy, but it's still making money. And this has been going on for a while now. Obviously, this is a month ago that we've been talking, you know, that we're talking about information about this and things. Which means he's not harming the film. That this, whatever is going on in his personal life, is not directly affecting it. Because he is a co-lead in that movie. Don't get it wrong. Michael B. Jordan is all over that. That movie failed. Michael B. Jordan would be the one to blame. It would not have been Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors was coming in to give an assist. You know how Hollywood works. But he is a co-lead. He is as much in that movie, from what I understand, as a Michael B. Jordan is. You know what I mean? And so taking that into, since, you know, since this has been going on and stuff, the only big hit here was Ant-Man 3, but Ant-Man 3 also had a lot of other things going against it. Ant-Man has never done well at the box office, ever. They've all been clunkers. Nothing's ever broken over 600. It's all been downhill. Um, Ant-Man 3 just happened to be really, really bad. Uh, Ant-Man 3 was also horribly, you know, either you liked or you didn't like it but it, it was not really reviewed well by the critics a lot of people did not like it a lot of people thought it was silly and stupid and went nowhere and then we didn't really get to see anything i just disagreed i saw a lot of places that this could go but a lot of people didn't really care for it audience including um we talked to a lot of people i talked to a lot of people since then they didn't really like the movie me and zachary were the oddballs out especially in our screening as we were walking out i couldn't do you remember all those people sighing, being like, that was horrible? Like, mm -hmm. there was a lot of people in our screenings who did not like that movie. Um, but with Creed 3, on the other hand, because two movies did come out with him in it, financially, it's done absolutely phenomenal. It's the best it's done in the Creed franchise. It's a new light for Creed. And then, like, 
you know, reception-wise, phenomenal. As an ASIMA score, the RT score is phenomenal, audience included. So you could just say Ant-Man 3 was based on the writing and based on it just being poorly received. And maybe it has nothing to do with Jonathan Majors in the role. You would hope that Jonathan Major could pull that assist because he was such a big part of the ad campaign. That's mm-hmm. where Zachary is coming from. And that's the important part here. But if you didn't know who King was because you didn't watch Logie, you didn't really care the villain. And that's mm-hmm. the counter to that. It's that you had to go see it to understand who the villain was. Not a lot of people went and saw Ant-Man, the Lost Clock Mania. A lot of people decided we're going to wait until it goes to digital. We're going to wait until, you know, it goes to Disney Plus and watch it then. Um, whereas a lot of people did decide to go see Creed 3, mostly for Michael B. Jordan, not for Jonathan Majors, to be fair. And it's done great, but he's not harmed that movie. So that's my only thing when thinking about where this could go. I really think that movies with King, things with King in it, I think Loki will be fine. It's a streaming service. I don't think it's going to be, unless it's truly horrible, not the TV mm-hmm. show, but what, whatever he did, and people are truly offended that they're even giving him like grounds type of thing. Um, everything else, I'd say we're just going to continue to see that push like we were talking about earlier with these movies and the, these things because they're going to continue to let it breathe. Hopefully with that breathing, it will go away or it'll be solved or whatever will happen. They can carry Continue on their married way. This has happened time and time again in the past where studios just brush things underneath the rugs and people who like the movies don't care. That's bullshit. It sucks. I do agree. But I think the counter to this, if he does get acquitted with whatever he is being charged of, you gotta go back to Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp lost everything for almost the exact same charges on a much higher scale. But mm-hmm. almost the exact same charges. You have to go back to Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp had to lose everything. You would expect Jonathan Majors also to have to lose everything. Completely agree. But th- but then he he's going. Yes. So let's go into that. Let's go into the. So let's go into the. What if you know Marvel has to. Well, then I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing you just mentioned. They're gonna open the multiverse stuff and be like, we got a new one. And we're gonna then they're gonna say, but the audience is gonna be like, we saw that post-credit scene or the end credit scene. They all look like Jonathan Majors to me. That was a choice. And I'll be like, but did you see that little one over in the corner where it's like you guys can't see it at all? Yeah, that's that's this one. Okay, but what about the big battle with a bunch of kings and stuff? How are you gonna do that? Marvel. And they're like, can you just go with it? <laughs> it's like, you know, what does does Marvel then have to reshift and redelay movies to kind of fix things and get ready for what they're doing again? Or does Kevin Feige finally look at the product he's putting out and go, you know what? This multiverse saga just isn't cutting it. Where what movie, what movie in my slate is a good cutoff point? What do we lead to now to where we can fix this? Like, does he axe King Dynasty altogether and they fix it? I don't think so. And I only say this because the issue with, like, movies in the future, movies that are planned out like this, contracts are already written. You have to buy out those contracts. The people who are slated that we don't even know yet, obviously, will be continued to add people into those movies. That's how it works. But the initial slate of those movies um, that have been already worked through, you know, the actors that are definitely going to show up or whatever, already have those contracts 
already are signed, already are like, okay, in three years, I gotta make sure my schedule is open type of thing. I always think back to how Netflix, um, when you have a TV show with Netflix, they gatekeep you. They're like, you work for us. You work for us until we cancel you. Uh, Jessica, um, Kristen Ritter had talked about this. this is why she wrote a book because she couldn't do anything else. She was physically not allowed. It was in her contract that she was only allowed to film Jessica Jones and that's it. And contracts are somewhat similar to that as well. In the same line of you have to make sure you're available for the time slot that they begin filming and things like that if you already signed on to the project. And so it could be in a situation of where they can't go backwards. They just had to figure out how to maneuver our way to the final goal. I could see them maybe trying to cut out projects. Projects are mm-hmm. not fully completed yet. Projects don't have a full cast yet where they're like, well, it was supposed to show up here, but maybe it doesn't need to, and we can cut them out and we can put something else here instead. Yeah. It's going to be very sloppy if they do that, especially I, if we're going into the actual strike. Yeah. I honestly think at this point, the only Marvel movie I'm safe with and betting on is Deadpool 3. I think of any project they've got going right now, Deadpool 3 to me is the safest bet. And I Deadpool 3, honestly, however, has to do with King, um, supposedly. And the TVA and stuff like that. So it does make me a little nervous, but that's still very early developmental stages that yeah, could yeah. change completely. You might not need King to do the TVA or TVA. Yeah, if they wanted to, and just not have to have the the King part if they didn't want to. So again, we just got to wait and see. I I really I, it sucks that this all happened. Um, but again, I'm hoping for the best, and I really hope you know we, this can all be like this month's talk and we come back next month next month next month podcast and it's all done and gone and we don't have to worry about it anymore all right moving on to something that's definitely not going to be gone and done by the time the next podcast comes around we're going to be moving into another issue that bog higer decided to well the fix um one of the biggest issues disney has been accused of in the future in the recent is the vfx VFX is run by one person, that would be Victoria Alonso. Victoria Alonso has been a part of the VFX team for a very long time. She is the top person. She is no longer, we're going to talk about that. She, it says leaves, but she was fired. That has been since confirmed since the initial headline. Um, But for the shitty VFX that people have accused her of in the past is all through her. She is the one giving crunch time. She is the one making every VFX artist pissed off at her to making the blowfish look like the blowfish just because they can and the little mermaid. That's essentially what she has done. <laughs> and that's essentially why she has been fired. Um, she was doing a very poor job at her job. Uh, she is suing well, Disney for wrong for in which I find hilarious. Well, that's well, it's, it's 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 not just that. She was doing a project behind their back and they found out and Disney was like no 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 no. you're contractually obligated to stay with us you can't do a project outside of that contract and she was like fuck you guys I'm gonna do it anyway like good on Disney for getting rid of her if she's not gonna be committed to the program like just bye that's really all I really have to say for I think this is good news yes I think this is completely positive news because you can look at other movies um I'm gonna talk about one here relatively soon with 
Dungeons and Dragons. Paramount has a great VFX team. That's one of the things we really praise for that movie when we talk about it here in a minute. Um, and then another thing that I'm going to like really praise, you know, even though I've not seen Shazam 2, almost every DC movie that I've seen has fucking phenomenal VFX. Even if the movie shit, the VFX is normally pretty good. I can attest to this. Black Adam, piece of shit film. The VFX in that movie, Dr. Fate, holy shit. Exactly. Um, so we definitely need more of that. The, so do you have anything else to add to that? I felt like that was no, like pretty... No, I'm really glad she's gone. Um, I also think this is good for the VFX company over there at Disney and Marvel. Fresh, clean slate, bring in somebody that actually cares about the craft they're working on, give them the time to work on the projects they're working on current, currently. And I really hope with the masses Marvel delays, this now gives these VFX people the time that they need to work on these projects and not push them out as quickly as they were. I also think the pandemic didn't help this at all because they were forced to get these things out very quickly or get them done faster than they needed to be done. And that unfortunately resulted in some of the VFX we have seen over the past couple of years. And so I hope that with Victoria gone, they bring in someone that can appreciate that craft and give the people the time they need to work it and make it look good. And then of course, this also comes out, the story did come out after Marvel had already put the pause on multiple projects, which means Mm -hmm. that all those projects that had VFX work that still need to be done on will now have even more time to be able to get those things done before the Marvels is a big one, you know, for sure. Okay, uh, that's you're done if I'm the waiter. Yeah. And so my next thing I want to end off with this, you know, his 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 tyrant, Bob Iger himself. We're gonna go over to Disney Investor Day coverage. I'm just going to cover, um, don't worry, now we're going to talk Dave Lee about this. I'm just going to cover the new announcement projects um, so we can get it over with and done with. What's wrong? One announcement he made really makes me sad. So the announcements that he had made on that day. Uh, Zootopia 2, Frozen 3, and Toy Story 5. Yes. Yes, those 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 were true. Zootopia two, too long, too time coming. I'm happy it's happening. Frozen three, obvious. Toy Story five, why? Just why? This is also um, this is also very true as well. Buzz, I, but, I, but 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 Buzz is going to be a dummy again, and I don't want to deal with dumb Buzz again. I don't want to deal with it because what he's going to be. Well, What's the you know, in his in in that defense, the defense of it. Which I'm sure you're going to be like, there's no defense. And I'm going to be like, but Jake, but Zachary, oh my God, I called you me. There is a defense. That defense being a movie called Lightyear came out where they tried to do something different. And um, it failed. Yeah. It failed miserably. Yeah. So the big ones that got announced like Zachary had said, we have Frozen 3. I'm just happy. To get yeah. As uh, Utopia 2, um, from what I understand, part of the reason why that continued to get pushed was because Bob Iger was not there. And these are things that Bob Iger did push. Toy Story 4 came out at the end of Bob Iger's career um, at mm-hmm. Disney and it made a billion dollars. And so um, 
Toy Story 5, I think, was inedible, in my opinion. Where are they going to go? I don't know. Friends? Toys don't have friends. So, I don't know. We'll see. And then, we, they also announced um, Pandora at Disneyland. That was also the other big thing for anybody who is a, a theme park type of person. Um, you guys are getting Avatar's Pandora, which is very exciting. Um, some of those rides I've heard are pretty cool. But overall, I'm excited for this slate, except for Toy Story 5. I definitely do agree. We were both very much not liking Toy Story 4. I've seen it a few times. I, per- I appreciate Toy Story 4. What they did is fine, but Woody's gone now, which means we're just going to have to deal with Forky and Buzz. And I like Forky. I do not like Buzz right now. Buzz is a dumb idiot, and I don't want to deal with I dumb idiot Buzz. really hated I Toy like Story 4. I like Forky. And that didn't change. I still hate Toy Story 4. However, just, there is still there, there there is one scene in Toy Story 4 you appreciate, and that's the unicorn getting the dad thrown in jail. Yeah, the unicorn. <laughs> Give me more unicorn. But that's about it. All right. Now we're gonna jump over to some coverage stuff, go through some reviews, and then we're gonna end with some last minute drama. Well, should I cover the Leo Stitch thing now and then jump over to finish off Disney? Or do reviews? I think we should do the trailers. Leave Lilo and Stitch in the water for right now because we really don't know a lot about that one. We know we 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 we, we know three people. We don't we know, know five really people. The, okay, we know five people, but we don't really know what the movie is going to be like. We don't know if it's going to be a faithful like one to one adaptation or what, what that kind of stuff. Okay, that's fine. All right, um, we'll we'll continue with the other two things because, you know, um, we can just talk about the one thing we don't talk about the like the in depth situation, and then the other one I just find funny. I just I just think it's kind of like hilarious now, after so much time has passed. But we're gonna talk about trailer coverage. Uh, trailer coverage is a segment on this podcast where we're gonna talk about trailers that came out in the month of March, the important ones, the ones that caused the headlines, the ones that made you happy, the ones that made you giddy. Also, Gardens of the Galaxy Volume Three. Because, well, I didn't have any place to put it, and this is where we're going to talk about it. Okay, we're going to get started. Zachary, should we just go down the list? Sure, why not? Okay, what did you think of Haunted Mansion? Looks okay. I actually really, you know, it gave me Jungle Cruise kind of vibe, but more scary, and I, I'm really into that. Um, The best way I can put this is that I think it looks like a Disney Plus streaming film and not a theatrical. Release. See, I completely disagree. I feel like this definitely looks like a theatrical release. Um, it gives me theatrical release vibes. I'm very excited to see it in theaters. And I've seen the original Haunted Mansion, the one that is so famous, and it does not hold up anymore, sadly. So it was, one? yeah, it didn't really. It was really hard to watch. It wasn't as good as I remembered, uh, which really sucked. That was a, like that was one that we like really watched a lot as a child. Yeah, that was a regular one. We used to laugh at the the ball, the, the ball, the, the girl with the ball in the head, but all the time. Yeah, this one looks a lot more terrifying, a lot more scary, like a true horror film, which Disney hasn't really produced, and so I think that's very exciting. Obviously, I know Zachary wants to talk about the next one, so I'll give him the table. I'll I'll keep it brief. I mean, you know, I want to make sure we can you know get within our time limit here. Uh, Turtles looks fantastic. Looks so what is good. it? I mean, you got um Turtles is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is being is being executive produced by I do not know the directors for this movie. 
unfortunately. I, I just know that um, uh, Seth Rogen is a big push for this film. And honest to God, I love the trailer. My favorite thing about this movie is that kids are playing turtles. Not adults, not teenagers, not young adults, children. Children oh, are playing shit. turtles. Huh. I'll tell you a minute. Okay. Um, but the turtles are being played by kids. I think uh, Seth Rogen playing Bebop is hilarious because he played a Warthog already in Lion King. And I think that's funny. John Cena's playing Rocksteady which I think is very, very good casting. Jackie Chan as freaking Splinter. Perfect. Um, so I think the animation for this is fantastic. The teaser was really, really good. My favorite thing is the whole ooze, ooze. Oh, look, 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 ooze. I thought it was just funny. I do have to say it plays, it plays really well in theaters. Every time the trailer yes, pops up in a theater, everybody would laugh. Um, it would get a few chuckles out. So I think it is going to play pretty well in that standard. I went, I went ahead and decided to look up the writer and some stuff on it. I know we didn't do it for Haunted Mansion, but in reality, he was curious. Jeff Rowe is um, a top person. I'm um, one of the directors for this one with Kyler Spears. Kyler Spears doesn't really have a directing like background. Um, he worked on a few things, but they're mostly known for doing Mitchell versus Machines. Which that makes me excited. Now, only if the writer of Mitchell's versus Machines was handling this but no because it is a seth rogan project seth rogan brought over one of his own personal writers for brandon o'brien is who they brought over and brandon o'brien wrote neighbors neighbors Two, mike and dave need a wedding um wedding dates the house uh nothing of this is appropriate that's that's all i got for you what do you think of the trailer i really liked it i thought it was fun um, it really grew on me. I'd say I really enjoyed it as time yeah, progressed. About it, you didn't like it as much, and I'm excited. I'm curious to see it. Um, and I think August is a perfect release month for this movie. I think it's yeah, August fourth, first weekend of August is always a perfect place to put some of these like weirder ones, and this is definitely you know where you know what, you know what also held August fourth, Jacob Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. You know what? And Suicide Squad really movie. And Suicide Squad, you know what that ended up being? A great month for those weirdo movies. So I think Turtles will fit brilliantly here. Next one is Little Mermaid. I wanted to mention Little Mermaid here. Um, the Little Mermaids? Yeah, there's you know what? There's, there's multiple of them. Jesus, <laughs> don't judge me. Um, Little Mermaid, I want to talk about it. Um, obviously, Zachary wasn't super... I'll let him explain what he thought of it. I don't know why I'm talking for you. I'm sorry, I'm tired. For me personally, I was really I really liked the trailer. Um, I saw a movie a long time ago called Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford. That's an state of performance. Maybe he could pull that off. And that one had really bad VFX in it, if you've ever seen it before. But it was so bad that it kind of looked like a storybook moving, which was a very like special and intimate feeling. Um, mm -hmm. And I felt like The Little Mermaid had a very similar quality to that with its terrible VFX. Where I was like, I feel like this could be very magical. The only thing I wish Disney live action movies would stop doing is doing the ultra realism mm -hmm. on their their people. The psychics. The psychics. Um, I know the it's making a billion dollars, like but um, I'm gonna use Abu for a second. Abu looked like a boo. He looked like a monkey, and luckily enough, he is a monkey. But he still had the personality of a boo in that movie. 
I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take it seriously when Wander starts speaking like Jacob Tremblay. I just, I just or, don't know. You know when, you know, freaking Sebastian looks like a small crab and starts singing under the sea. Yeah, I just, I really just don't know. I just think maybe. Yeah, I just think maybe they should have thought about this one. It does make me nervous because once they start running out of these, they're going to go to other movies like Finding Nemo and stuff. And like, could you just imagine like a full live action version of Finding Nemo? And that's where my brain goes. And it would be terrifying. Definitely a horror film. So, um, the shark yeah. scene in that movie alone. Not the shark scene. Oh. The, the scene where it's pitch black and then the little light pops oh, up. And... Hey, did you know? Oh, for the whole this family. Is, this is such a weird little tangent, but I don't care. I'm going to tell you anyways. Did you know that there's an end credit scene to Finding Nemo? Like at the very, very end of the movie? Okay, so in the shark don't eat people scene type of thing, or sharks don't eat fish, whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. There's a fish little fish. Friends, not food. There's a little fish in the back that looks really scared, like it's going to be eaten, but then it just swims off as if it's nothing. And at the very end of the movie, the, it's we're back with that little tiny fish. It's super small, like super, super small. And the creature <laughs> that scares us, it still scares me. It scares me to this day. I can't even think it's about terrifying. it without getting like. I'm sorry, babe. It's a shrimp. Thank you. Okay. Um, it's a little shrimp, and it eats the big fish. Entirely. <laughs> I did not know this. That's incredible. I didn't oh, know it either. was a great movie. I didn't know it either. Um, I was yesterday old. So, what do you think about the Little Mermaid? Okay, um, I think uh, Haley. How do you say Haley Bell? Um, or oh Haley Bailey? Haley Bailey. Haley Bailey. Haley Bailey looks incredible. Her voice could knock the socks off people. It really part of your world's gonna make me cry, and I'm fully prepared for it. Um, I think King Triton looks really cool. I think Ursula looks awesome. It's her companions. It's just it seeing this little sliver of a fish fly behind her and going, Ariel, no. It's just weird. But then Aquafina talks as a seagull. And the seagull I looks too just, real. I have to say though, like a part of me just thinks about like when we were talking about Beauty and Beast and how we we're like, no, that's not gonna work. And then it worked. But that, but but that was still like an imagination land because it was a candle talking. This was like a realistic fish. Okay, I think how long has it been since you've seen Beauty and the Beast? Ah, <laughs> you got homework assignment. Watch Beauty and the Beast and get back to me on that statement because I think you're gonna look at me and be like, oh. Now I will mention. <laughs> It does not hold up as well as it did back in 2017. 17. But I think that goes with just the, the way VFX is done nowadays. Okay. Again, a little, little sliver of fish walking behind Ariel just looks off. When I think flounder, I think big puppy cheeks. I think a nice little rounded fish, blue and yellow. But then you're actually using a real flounder. 
I've had the fillet flounders. Let me tell you, they are these thin little things that just do this. You kill flounder? Okay. <laughs> I, he's a little prick, let me tell you. Um, on that note, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Zach really wouldn't talk about this one, so I'm going to let him talk about it. The main trailer that came out that has the Since You've Been Gone song behind it hit me so hard. It just really did. Um, I am so excited for Rocket. I am so, so, so excited for Rocket. However, the reason I bring this trailer up because I want to ask you. They have been hiding good old Adam Warlock from the majority of the ad campaign for this movie. Does that make you nervous for his character being introduced in Guardians 3? Yes or no? Here's the thing. With Guardians 3 and Adam Warlock, Adam Warlock is a baby. Um, He acts like a baby. He acts like a spoiled little brat. He's an annoying character if you've ever read a comic with him in it. He has cool powers, which is the fun part about doing like Adam Warlock. Um, I don't think he looks the universe. Yeah, still a baby. Uh, And he, yeah, but they took away that storyline, so it doesn't even really matter. And then, like on top of that, like his paint doesn't look the best. Mm -hmm. Like he looks partially gold, but not like fully gold. It's really weird to me. It's like. Either commit or don't. I don't know what's going on with you. And so I do think they're a little nervous. But also, he might not be in the movie a lot. This movie had gone through, once again, like most movies, a lot of changes and stuff. And Adam Warlock originally was supposed to be the main plan, and they changed it to what it actually is now. And so he might actually just have more like a B storyline than what we are expecting. There might not be a lot to show of it. I also think the high evolutionary looks terrifying. I, I love the idea of him as a villain. But again, it's Rocket, man. It really is. I, I, I now put Bradley Cooper's performance of Rocket Raccoon on the same level as Caesar from the Planet of the Apes movies. Like, I believe that raccoon. Like, I would die for that raccoon. And I am not ready to watch his story unfold because it's going to break my heart. I'm going to cry in this movie. And I'm not ready. Emotionally, not ready. Also, Groot's way too buff. You know, it's weird that you bring that up because I actually do think that I kind of don't mind him as the trailers have continued to come out and stuff. What, buff Groot? <laughs> I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I minded it a lot in the, the holiday special. The holiday special could look particularly fake there. It just really reminded me of a man in a suit. Whereas the movie, at least in the trailers, the way it's shot and stuff, I don't really get that feeling. Um, there is something about that is that is weird, but hopefully they do something like kind of cool with it. I think Ooh, Nebula like. will steal the show from the movie. Oh yeah, for sure. I think, her and, I think Nebula and Gamora could steal the show. And for Gamora, I just really hope that they do it justice, that they do her mm-hmm. justice finally. She actually is like this killer that she's supposed to be um, because she has mm-hmm. she doesn't have all the feelings that she had in reality i sent you the scene so you could watch it at your own leisure oh okay um and then with like nebula the scene at the end with the eyes you know in that so trailer 
every time it pops up in a movie theater that I, I see that trailer in, everybody laughs immediately. It's so funny. So, I and that's on both. On torture. He has a good choice in eyes. That's on both parts of Chris Pratt and Karen Gillian. Um, so good for them both. I think everybody will give it their all because it's the last one. So I think everybody will give their, well, their best performance as their character. They fought for James Gunn to come back for this, to do this. So I think they're all going to give it their all because they knew it was going to be the last one. Like in certain times right now, because sometimes they do get more than like maybe a Guardians of Volume 4. But now it's like officially, no, there is no chance of getting more. But I do think that they're like, this is it. Go all out. Go all out. And so I, that, that's why I have the most confidence in this mo- in that movie this year for Marvel is because I know everybody's going to give their 110% for it. Speaking of good old James Gunn, he did announce that he is directing the brand new Superman movie. That makes just me directing, he's writing. extremely nervous. So we are on opposite sides of this because on on your side, I know you did not like Suicide Squad. I hated Suicide and Squad. I know you didn't like Peacemaker. I hated Peacemaker. On the opposite side, the Suicide Squad is my favorite DC movie, and Peacemaker is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So and I know that he has been fighting to do this. This was his this was the original character they gave him to do. And I also think that we need to, I think everybody's jumping on gun, I think a little too much because of like the decisions he's made and all that. And I get that, but we really can't judge what he's going to do with DC until this movie. Like if this movie fails, then once again, DC needs to rethink itself. Yeah. But, but the you shit, have to wait and see what he's going to do. The shit that makes me mad about gun and the way he's been handling DC I honestly feel like he just needs to go back to media training. I feel like someone did not do a good job. No, he is, he's like he's, he's, he's like Trump levels of overtweeting. Like, okay. You know what? I have no thoughts and opinions on this. I think it's a bad idea. I think you need a softer writer for Superman. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's my personal opinion on the matter, and we're just going to move on. Directing-wise, I've never thought John's directing was bad, even in Suicide Squad. You know, even in per, per parts of the Peacemaker and stuff, I've never once thought that's a shitty director. If I've ever seen one, I've always just thought his writing is bad. And that's almost in every movie I've ever watched James Gunn. That's not like it's just unanimous, like one Pacific. That's almost overall just did not like. Um, not his directing. What's coming down here to Drama Over Shazam 2, where we can talk about James Gunn directly here. Because he's as much a part of this as Dwayne Johnson and Zachary Levi are. Because Ooh, you know, he this is this by the way, we have two reviews after this. Um, and then we just have like a few fun short segments. So this is like the last big story for anybody who's been sitting here and like, when is this gonna end? Soon. It's it's coming up. My ass is telling me soon. <laughs> so it's gonna happen. <laughs> um so Let's take you through it. Shazam 2 opened with one of the lowest openings of for any superhero movie of all time. That's not good. Shazam ended its run with one of the lowest running superhero movies of all time. 
that's also that's not good. Not, not good. So Zachary Levi was told to go onto his Instagram by one can assume Gunner Pierce Safra and somebody in Warner Brothers and say that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the reason why our movie sucked. I have not personally seen the movie. I cannot talk to if that's the case or not. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, however, was like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? I produced this. You know, you can't you can't be saying this. I'm going to come back and rebuttal. I was never even offered the idea of coming into your movie. I wouldn't have accepted it. That's, that's Dwayne Johnson for you. But I was never authored the idea. Then, because this drama built up over the course of like three days over this one incident, Zachary Levi. The horse treads fiasco, yes. Zachary Levi kind of imploded his entire career in like five days. I would be really shocked if anybody puts in front of camera um, for a long time. Anything that he has to go talk to people about for a long time. Uh, You can totally tell he's having like a nervous breakdown about this. This movie is laying on his back. There's a bunch of other people in it, but he is the he is the target seller. This movie done bad. He wasn't coming back. And I bet you anything when he went in to have that conversation, like Jason Moe went in to have that conversation, it's the same conversation. You do really good in your movie. Maybe you get to come back. Maybe not as your character. Maybe as a different character. But your movie has to do well for this deal to go forward. It's your movie doesn't do well. No more deal. I bet you anything Aquaman got the same same shit. Yeah. Um, difference here, Aquaman was a billion dollar picture, so then it was like a $400 million picture, but Sam couldn't even match that. And so they got panned by critics, um, panned by audiences, uh, the whole nine yards. And you could watch Zachary Levi literally implode on camera as if his life was literally falling apart. He was fighting tooth and nail for people to go see this movie to the point where it was just kind of sad and it kind of reminded me a lot of like Dwayne Johnson when Black Adam was like imploding. Um, very mm-hmm. similar situations in my opinion. And I bring back over the fact that James Gunn had went online on Twitter and had specifically said, you'll see Black Adam again. We're never seeing Black Adam again. You'll see Shazam again. We're never seeing Shazam again. Making these false promises already without being in office for like eight months. And I feel like that's where that's where I bring that in James Gunn into the situation, whereas it's it is truly a problem in going on Twitter and making false promises because ultimately, even if you don't hurt that immediate person, you're gonna hurt somebody else in the long run. Um, someone else is gonna be disappointed. You're building up a failure type of thing. Uh, there's also the fiasco of Wonder Woman and a bunch of other stuff. Um, that's the whole thing. And then you also have the director who is defending it. Good for. David Sandberg going through, but he's also using Twitter to do so, and not every tweet looks the best on anybody involved in the picture. And then, and then Sandberg came out and said, like, he's done with superhero movies. Like, this really just ruined it for him. And to me, what this is setting a precedent for is the same thing with Star Wars. Like, when you ask anybody, um, you know, uh, Christopher McQuarrie was asked about whether or not he wanted to do a Star Wars movie after Michelle. Like, do you think I want to touch Star Wars? seen that fandom? I don't want to deal with that. Ben Affleck. DC, ben Affleck. Well, everything that happened with Ben. He and came now, back. He came back. I, 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 I don't know why, but he did. Um, no, no, no. I'm not talking about... I mean, he, he redid his career. Like, Air basically yeah. just 
you know, put a sale back into what he and was before he and good for him. But to me, the biggest issue when it comes to the Shazam stuff, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier, is the post credit scene nonsense. Hearing that the original plan for the sh- for for Shazam's post credit scene was supposed to be the JSA, and The Rock denying that is nuts. I don't understand why The Rock cannot put his rock-sized ego aside and let his universe be connected. He wanted Henry Cavill so bad. But here's my thing. Everybody's criticizing James Gunn for these false promises. Dwayne did the same thing with Henry. He did the exact same thing with Henry. That means the only difference is that Henry did come back. But no, but but, but but there's a difference, though, in that Dwayne promised it, saying that this was going to be the universe now. They gave Dwayne way too much power. That was their first mistake. Well, they gave Dwayne too much power for Black Adam. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he shouldn't get hearsay if the character can show up. No, you shouldn't. No, that's that 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 is DC and and, and Warner Brothers' idea to move the story forward, not because especially because originally he was supposed to show up in Shazam the first one, yeah. and then he he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm above that. And they're like, oh oh yeah, no, you're right. You totally are. No. You ruined you ruined you ruined the magic side of the universe within the first Shazam movie. Bless you. They they they, they ruined their own Shazam verse within their first film. And also, you were you've been talking about this since Shazam one came out. I was defending the idea, but clearly I was wrong. You were saying from day one that Shazam should have never gotten a sequel. And well And I liked the movie. It wasn't the fact that yeah. I didn't like the movie. No, it was I just the Shazam. fact the movie did horrible. It never found an audience. It wasn't like, it wasn't like across the Spireverse where it was like, no one saw that in theaters, but then it blew up somewhere. Suzanne never blew up somewhere. It never went somewhere to blow up. It was just here. You've seen it. Or you didn't see it. And everybody raved about it. Everybody's like, oh, did you see that movie? Suzanne will forever be one of those movies where I actually believe someone could fly. Like the, the flight scenes where they're testing it out, not him actually awesome. falling in like epic battles or whatever where he's kind of floating or whatever i truly i remember sitting in that theater for its early screening because i got to see it advanced and being there being like oh my god yeah no he can fly like i very much remember that and um will i see shazam too sure i'm just curious where the story goes river wants to see it there's dragons in it i think the overall consensus that I have between the Superman story we just talked about and this story is that this this is just showing that the audience, the general going audience, is over the DCEU stuff. They are officially done and over with the extended universe stuff. And frankly, if that's the case, then why are we getting these other two? Because why? the contracts, I mean, I've explained this before. No, you have to no, play, I, play out. No, I get that. I completely get that. But if it's going to be continuously diminishing returns, then nah. you're hurting your you're hurting your brand more than anything. Then 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 you're late. Then you're leaving Superman Legacy to fail. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, There's no other way around it. If the only movie in this lineup coming forward, including Blue Beetle, I'm going to include Blue Beetle in this list, is the Flash. That I think could do really well. Only it if it's depends. good. If it's good. It depends. Um, story-wise. Because it is really hot. 
um, anytime everybody talks about anything, the trailer always gets a very loud, you know, reaction and stuff. People are anticipating that one because yeah. they did do what they said they were going to do. They they brought back Michael Keaton, Michael and Keaton. if you do watch it, there are tiny little bit of pieces like threads or whatever that will continue on into other versions of you know the new batman whatever they're gonna do in the flash and stuff so there's like a little bit of world building passed into like the new dcu um but then again what i hope i guess we'll just wait and see no i guess we'll just wait and see what i hope the flash will do is give a swan song to the snyderverse let's just call it what it is the snyderverse Give it its give it give it its swan song, and let Aquaman two come out be this weird, wacky, hopefully good, weird December release, and then we won't see a DC movie again until twenty twenty five. And you know we'll have a year off of DC content on in the in the theaters, give people some time to breathe, move on, and then twenty twenty five come around. And we start over again fresh. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, but based on what I understand, I don't think people are going to get that. And that's the part that makes me, like, a little nervous um, in that regard. Because I don't think people are going to get the closure that they think they're going to get with this movie. So, I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's um, It sucks. It sucks. You don't want to see... We never want to see movies fail. We never... And especially movies that... You know... I don't know. It's just... I want DC to thrive. I want Marvel to thrive. I really do. But they need to find their fitting and their footing. And if Superman fails, then DC has nowhere to go. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Um, my opinion has always been the same. I guess in in the regard of the fact that um, they should have done a complete reboot. Mm-hmm. From the get-go. They shouldn't have brought anybody back and stuff. Even people that people liked, uh, new Harley Quinn, new Peacemaker, you know, Fire Wife sucks but you decide to take the position to have to do it i mean these are things that i think should have been expected and the fact that they didn't do a clean reboot automatically means that this is set up to fail anyways because there's always that person in the back being like but could you just imagine if ben affleck was doing that instead or could you imagine if harry cavill would show up randomly because they could because it's all part of the same universe you know if you don't do a complete clean cut then it's it's all part of the same universe no matter what and that's just like the answer I think but yeah what are you gonna say the other thing that's frustrating is that i'm gonna bring up transformers again the money the money did not show for the last night what did paramount do they took a break they came back and they did bumblebee they did a complete refresh and now look at and now look at audiences they're excited for rise of the beasts I really wish Warner Brothers would have looked at either Black Adam or hell, even when Justice League was coming out, looked at the numbers and saw that these movies just weren't doing well. Well, the problem with like took the bullet. Problem with that is that Batman versus Superman 
and Joss, like Joss this week, was predicted to do well because it was coming off of Wonder Woman, which was at that point top grossing one out of the bunch. And Batman vs Superman did better than expected, so they were actually on a high point when Justice League came out. It was Justice League that threw everything amok. That movie is what ruined every. You can say what you want about the end of Batman vs Superman, but reality, the thing that threw everything amok was Justice League. And then the fact that they, even though we love the Snyderverse, the Snyder Cut, wouldn't want anything different, wouldn't want to go away or anything. But them releasing it, them getting into the pressure of the fans to release that for views, for clicks on their streaming service, that also fucked them over. You should have let it die. Mm -hmm. Then you couldn't be thinking, huh, wondering what his version would be like. Yeah. It's better to think what could have been than to actually know, because you have the part of where it was better. And now we knew that it was better and that there was a better version out there. That's why the air cut will never see the light of day. No. Nope. Because we don't need to know if there's a better version out there. And now there's the whole Netflix debacle. Everybody keeps protesting and getting it stupid. Anyway, okay. talk about Dungeon Dragon, Jacob. What did you think of this movie? So I'm going to keep this short and quick. Um, I'm also probably going to keep John with Chapter 4 short and quick and stuff. These are more recent movies, so we won't talk about any spoilers for these. Or just yeah, no spoilers. Movies. I'm going to talk about one spoiler for Dungeons & Dragons. I know we just talked about zero spoilers, but I'm going to talk about one thing, two things that could be counted as spoilers. Um, just want to put it out there. Um, just because one of them is really funny, and that's going to get you to see the movie. The other one might, you know, if you're going for a certain person, you might not want to see the movie in theaters. You might want to wait because they're not really in the movie type of thing. I thought it was really funny. I laughed a lot. Um, there's a lot of moments that I'll think back to and be really funny. And if you think the joke that went around with the graveyard was like, oh, that's it, that is not yet, the graveyard scene is like one of the better sequences out of the movie for like joke wise. Um, they got a lot of good is that cameos. My only question, yes, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Um, they got a lot of cameos and stuff for a lot of those scenes of people that you would only realize if you knew who was wearing the makeup. And so it's fun to hear their voices and be like, oh my god, I know you! What a weird little role for you to play! Mm-hmm. <laughs> type of thing. Um, and yeah, no, it leads into something really funny. Um, there's one particular cameo. I was like, what the fuck are you doing in this movie? Like, what in the world made you like, yep, that's what I'm going to do today. Let's go, to, let's go film this. I don't know. I really liked it. I thought the action was really, really well filmed. Um, I thought each action sequence built upon you know one another. Uh, especially, there's this one sequence that has to deal with the shapeshifter. It's not called a shapeshifter in the world, but that's what it is. That is so well directed and so cool that it's worth you know you seeing the entire movie for, even like if you don't like it. Um, other reasons why I recommend the movie. But halfway through the film, you get to a point. This has been revealed in the ad campaign, from my understand. I really try to stay away from the ad campaign. So that could be the reason why I didn't know. Uh, there are a few dragons in this movie. One of these dragons is super fucking fat. Like, like I mean, um, I don't really know how to describe to you what a fat dragon looks like. But 
I don't want to know. You've never seen one before. And if you think, I know I have. No, you haven't. Because I thought I did. And no, you've never seen a pudgy <laughs> <laughs> looking at that thing. I just can remember it walking out of its little cave and its face being so squishy that its actual like, snout was like a little hole. Because <laughs> it was so bad. That's awesome. And like it, it's running, but it can't really run. So it's just kind of sliding around. <laughs> Because lace can touch the ground. <laughs> and like, it's too fat to like, um, raise its wings so it can't fly. <laughs> it's just six inches. That's awesome. Um, I say this because it's really funny and like, that's like one of the main surprises of the movie. So it's not even like that big of a deal. And you'll still find it funny even if you know. You don't even know that what I'm talking about. Fire. It does not really break fire very well. It can't do it. There's like one scene where it does it because it really tries a lot and it's just it's an accomplishment. Um, Michelle Regas, her character has a line where she's like, do you think it ate everybody as they're looking down at all the bones? And then it shows its face and she's like, that's one punch-looking dragon or something like that. <laughs> and Tyra Jacob does not do it justice, but I promise you, he will laugh and it is very funny. Um, and, like, that sequence alone, once again, those two sequences, Are worth it was movie. worth the movie. The opening as well, there's, like, one mm-hmm. moment um, that has a good payoff in it that I was like, okay, that's, that's that was also good. Some of the writing was a little basic um, and mm-hmm. stuff, but also it felt old, like you're watching an older movie. So, on a, in a way, it kind of worked for what they were trying to do. How was the was... Yeah, yeah, that's... One of the part of that sequence I was talking about fucking phenomenal. Sophia Lewis got so much to do with that one character. It was amazing. Everybody gets a scene to shine. Um, everybody gets a scene to shine. It doesn't matter who it is. They they all get a moment, which is really Chris cool. Because normally, Chris Pine is good. He's not miscast. I wouldn't say that. And Michelle Re- Michelle Rodriguez have such great quality with one another. That like they have such good chemistry, you would never believe that they would have good chemistry, but they do, and you have to believe that they do. Like the whole movie is, if you don't believe it, the movie doesn't work. The movie doesn't work. It doesn't matter who else is running around with them, type of thing. Um, it's just I could just think of a bunch of other people who would probably be a better job. Hard better. Yeah, is the thing. Um, he's no uh little guy from oh from Vox. From Vox. Okay. Definitely no does he sing? That. He does sing. He sings quite How well. They, he? Both do. they both do. To the point where I was like, I wonder if that's on an album somewhere, because I would listen to that. <laughs> the score, I really think, from like your standpoint, you're going to absolutely like fucking adore it. Yeah. It's very epic. I'm a, very score. I'm a score nut. Um, yeah. Um, I think I ran it on like a 3.75 type yeah. of thing. Nothing... Like, I'm not going to tell you to run to the theater, but it's so well done, so well made that I kind of want a sequel that I'm like, you know, if you're bored on a Tuesday and you really want to see it, go right ahead. I think it's definitely worth going to see in theaters because they spent mm-hmm. so much money. The best part of this movie, outside of the few things that I told you, is the world building. The direct world building in this movie is so cool. And that's going to be the thing that I'm going to be sad if we don't get a sequel because I would love to explore more of the world that they created it felt like um detective pikachu where it just felt yeah felt real you know what i mean 
Mm-hmm. Um, a little too questy. You understand if you see the movie what I mean by mm-hmm. that. Um, a little too questy in the tropes as well. The only other thing for people who are going to go see it for Rage of Page, he only has like three scenes in the movie. Um, they're promoting him as a titular character, part of the group. He really is not one. Most of those scenes you have seen in the ad campaign as well. So if that is mm-hmm. the reason why you're going, speaking to the audience, I'd wait till it goes on to like a streaming service or something or seeing at home because that's really, if that's the reason why it's not worth the price of admission because you'll be, you'll be pleased by everything he has. Um, he's mm-hmm. doing like a rip off Drax is the best way I know how to like talk about it without spoilers, but it's very small that you're just not going to have enough content for two hours and like 14 minutes of your time. Speaking of a long Speaking movie. of fantastic world building. I don't know if I agree with that statement, but you know, you do you, sweetie. So can I start this one? Yes. Yeah, I was waiting for you to. Uh John Wick chapter four is my favorite movie of the year. Once again, March of March of the Year hits me with the movie I constantly and a three hour one again nonetheless. Um, I absolutely loved this movie. Um, this is the pinnacle, I think, of where action can go. I think it can go higher, obviously, but I think it definitely, it's just, it's a, me and Jacob will just say this together, Paris. You can't get better than Paris. You really, 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 really really can't. Um, it's truly incredible. Um, you actually get mad because you wish that Paris is the whole movie. It's the movie. Also, yeah. without saying anything, staircase. Just nuts. Just just nuts. Paris. Yep. Um, I thought uh Hoke Sonata was fantastic. Um, I thought Donnie Yen, again, fantastic. I can't wait to see what they do with him down the line if they do anything with him. Uh I thought Bill Skarsgard was fantastic as the villain. Um, and I I love the fact that Keanu knows what this movie is now and that he doesn't talk. He just kills people. And I'm like, good on you, John. Um, Actually, sorry, not to interrupt your review because you were so, you can continue talking. I had a little thing to throw in there. Most of his lines got cut. Which is just, I get it. It makes sense. <laughs> I he's not there to act. He didn't he's know. Act. He's, he's there to stunt. He, he walked in and walked out of the theater. He was like, most of my lines got cut. He was something out on the red carpet. He was like, I had no idea. My And someone counted it. He only has like 312 lines out of the entire movie, which is really small for the length of the film. Um, but the main thing I want to talk about in this movie is the stunts. I really hope this movie pushes the Oscars to have a stunt category in this movie, I uh, in the Oscars this year. I really, really, really do. Because the, the stunts in this movie are flipping fantastic. They are so good. Again, staircase. That's all I gotta say. Um, I I truly, truly love this movie. I have no problems with this film. I think it runs really well. I think it's smooth. I think it goes from action sequence to action sequence very well. Um, I think the pacing's really nice, and it just it, it kept it up. This gets a five out of five. This is my I loved loved this movie. I can't wait to go watch it again. I was not on the same boat, same wavelength. 
I would like to mention before I start reviewing John Lick chapter four, as I do think it's important, okay? I had watched every John Lick up to this point um, in like four days. Like I watched every one, one, one a day type of thing. I don't really recommend that. I actually recommend like four weeks. You plan a Friday and you watch one and two and three and four. You really need time in between because there's a lot of potholes uh, <laughs> and a lot of uh, things that don't make sense. World building that does not make sense. If you watch them consecutively, if you don't watch them consecutively, it's really cool. So that's why I said like what maybe once a month. I don't know. You gotta put some time in between the films. That's a big part of my problem. My other problem is that I watch a lot of movies that are like John Wick. Sometimes down to a similar story to what John Wick is. And sometimes those movies are better than John Wick. Not to the height of like Paris. You know, I think Paris is by far some of the best I've ever, some of the best action. But I cannot give a movie a five for Paris. Because Paris takes up anywhere between an hour and 10 to 50 minutes of the movie. I'll definitely rewatch Paris. I'll definitely rewatch parts of Osaka as well without giving any spoilers away for either section of those movies, just using broad terms here. I definitely would watch parts of both. I think story-wise, I think Osaka was the more interesting angle. Um, mm -hmm. Action-wise, Paris was the more interesting angle type of thing. So Germany wasn't for you? Ger oh, don't get me fucking start. See, that's, that's the problem. Germany, part the first part of Germany, horrible. Hate it. Once again, God gave yourself like a month, maybe a week, or something in between, and you'll like Germany. <laughs> the second part of Germany, the interesting part of Germany, why you would go and see Germany sequence. Um, Zachary knows what I'm talking about once they sit down. That's what I'll say for that sequence. It's so cool. It's good. It's not great. It definitely could be better um, for multiple parts of it. Directing-wise, I think it could be better, which is really funny because it's the same director who directed Paris, and you just really just can't believe it because, like, there's just parts where it's like, this is this is not good. And then it's like, how is that good? <laughs> how is that, like, you are the baseline level for good of action movies. This is where movies need to be. They can't be because it's cost $100 million. You okay, babe? Okay. Um... I don't know. And so, yeah, so I just wanted to make that a preference. I think I'm winning at like a three for it, like a three and a half. I didn't really care for the story very much. I've never really liked John Wick movies. Zachary can contest this. They've never been my favorite type of this type of action. Um, personally, for anybody's out there who who's curious which one's my favorite, John Wick Chapter 3 was by far my favorite. Consistently, it worked from beginning to end. There's one bit in the very beginning with an action sequence that I thought was truly unwatchable. Oh, no, that's the second one. Not even this one. Never mind. I take it back. Chapter three, perfect. Chapter four, not so much. Um, Halle Bailey. Halle Bailey. Halle Berry. An another thing is I liked everything up until the very, very, very end. I think the ending is extremely fitting for the character. And that's all I'll say on the matter because I don't want to spoil anything here. I just don't know if it really worked for the movie that it presented. Also, the franchise that it presented. If this was like a one movie done, great. I agree. This is perfect. It's four movies and I did the work. And I don't know. I feel cheated. That's all I'll say. 
It's the the ending of John Wick Chapter Four is probably the most debated thing about this movie. Like some people are love the ending and some people hate the ending. I love the ending. All right. With that being said, we are done. We went through them all. It it we took us it. a little bit of time. With that being said, um, we have a short game of prove or disprove, and then we'll be good. Zachary, yep. do you want to explain to me what approve or disapprove is? Sure, Jake. I'll explain to you slash the audience. Um, we, we play a game every podcast called Approve or Disapprove. This is where you approve or disapprove films coming out in the month we're going to be talking about. For this segment, we'll be talking about A. Bro? I'm thinking April. April. But we're almost yes. through April. I know it doesn't really work out nicely, but in your defense, you're the only one who's seen something from April, so you can approve or disprove that movie. Everything else is no one's seen. That's very, very, very that's very true. Okay. And normally we're gonna film this in the beginning of the month. We're gonna be filming another one of these in like two weeks for May. So like it will work out normally. It just didn't work out for the first time back. Okay. I promise you, it's been planned out nicely. Okay. Let's jump into it. Starting out the month, we have, oh, sorry. If we approve, thumbs up. If we don't approve, thumbs down. If we mix approve. For Matt on the thing, it's in the middle. I honestly have to say, we've been doing this for a long time. I'm hoping that the next podcast won't be this long. We'll see how Star Wars Celebration goes. Um, we might not give reasons why we're approving or disapproving. I'm just going to be oh, honest. Yeah, with we go with it. Okay. Um, I am on a different website. We will eventually jump over to our normal website. We are a few weeks into April, so they're no longer coming soon. Okay, uh, for me, if Grogu comes up, it's an approve. If you don't see Grogu, it's a disapprove. That's how I'm doing no. this for me. No, no, no. Oh. Oh. You have your phone. I tried. Ow. I tried. Yeah, that's what you deserve. <laughs> so. Air. I want to see this. Next time. Paint. Uh, I heard this is really bad. Okay. Super Mario Brothers, the movie. That's the one he's seen, by the way. Renfield. <laughs> We're having such mixed opinions about it. <laughs> the Pope's Exorcist. Actually, yeah, really? Yeah, honestly, I'm curious. <laughs> I don't know what that is. We're gonna move on. Evil Dead Rises. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm doing a double feature that day. I think that's the day I'm seeing um, Super Mario Brothers <laughs> going from one extreme to the other. Oh man, that's so. I can I go with you? You have to pay for your ticket because we're seeing. That's it in fine. 3D. You're That's seeing fine. it. Okay, if we go that day, I, I don't can't. know yet. Okay. I I... Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. I actually saw the trailer for this, and I really ain't gonna give it a minute. It doesn't look horrible, but it also doesn't look like it doesn't a movie look great. Like see in theaters. Oh, Chevalier! You probably don't know what this is. It actually looked pretty good, but it's definitely not one I'd pay to go see in theaters once again. 
there it is. Bo is afraid. Or boo, whichever one you want. It's a mixed bag for me, boy. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, this is about a, a, a woman um, getting her period for the first time and stuff. And, you know, I'm sure it's very good. And it looks pretty funny. It's from the director of um, 17 or oh, something out of those lines. Yeah, so like a man, I think, is a pretty good response to that one, you know? I honestly, I don't know what that is. And that's it. All right. Prove or disprove? None. Huh. Very fun topic. Um, normally, it will be more fun. We didn't have the fun titles because I had to get rid of the upcoming releases, but I promise you, May will be different. <laughs> <laughs> and then last, well, we have two more things. We are going to talk about movie commentaries. Uh, to be fair, Zachary, boom, a boom. We only really need to talk about yours. That's you fine. You can talk about both if you want to, but we're nah, the second we'll one will be done. Surprise. We'll save it for okay. a surprise. So it's um, just, ladies and gentlemen, people of the jury, people of the internet, I am putting my brother through a living nightmare. Um, my brother. Had an all more reaction to my choice. It was only something else, but we just had to change it. We were watching Mortal Kombat Annihilation as my April Fool's joke movie for April. Jacob, how do you feel? I think we gotta move on to what we've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. Um, just because, I don't know, I just chose it. So, yep. I'm really out of it. I'm very tired. We're so we're so close, Jacob. Get us there. So I have been watching The Walking Dead since you last saw me. I've seen eight seasons. Don't judge me. It's been a while. <laughs> Dead. Not enough, to be honest with you. Not enough. I've also watched the entire first season of Yellow Jackets. I've also watched. Two episodes into the second season. Super duper good. If you're into really batshit crazy things, it's fun. And a little hormonal. Then, I watched... Trying to remember. Hold on. It's there. Oh, the first seven episodes of Lovecraft Country, ironically. I will finish that one on my own. Apparently. Then... I watched some movies. Um, the one movie I want to talk about is I did watch Barbed Wire. And Barbed Wire hurt because I felt bad for my younger self as I would definitely be quoting that shit today if I knew it existed. <laughs> and that sucked. You ever find a movie where you're like, God damn it, I didn't like it, but my 14-year-old my self would have loved it? Yeah. Yeah, horrible that feeling is where you're like, Damn. Oh, that was that movie. It's bad. I don't recommend. But it also was pretty good. It's weird. Okay, moving on. Then I also recommend a movie. I recommend Kill Bassoon. Um, it is a Netflix movie. I will say the story meanders a lot, and it's about two hours and like 13 minutes. But it has some well-paced action in the middle. There's like four or five big action sequences throughout, and it's Korean, so you know they're well-directed. It's almost too well-directed, to be honest with you. 
That's how well directed it was. Um, not every sequence was, but there's a middle sequence that takes place in a bar that truly needs to be seen. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. It needs to be seen. The opening is quite shocking because you don't really know what you're watching and what you're like trying to like really understand. And so I think that also does help. And has a nice story of lesbians in the middle as well, which was very, I wasn't expecting it. So I'm mentioning it here because like maybe we'll get you to watch it because you should. Um, literally, I don't think I've watched anything else. I'm sure I have. I watched the entire Scream franchise and the entire John Wick franchise. Um, Scream four times because I was really addicted there for a minute. John Wick only once. I promised you I didn't, I didn't torture myself too many times. All right, Zachary. Um, I, I, uh, where have I watched? Uh, Mandalorian, obviously. Um, oh, me too. Uh, Survivor been fantastic this season, killing it as always. Um, yeah. Um, I watched a bunch of stand up uh, recently. Uh, Burt Kreischer's Razzle Dazzle, fantastic. Jeff Dunham's Me the People on Paramount Plus, fucking oh. suck. Um, I think James had existential crisis. It's fun. Um. <laughs> And because of the Ahsoka trailer and all the Star Wars stuff, I watched all of I watched almost all of Rebels. That was like a week ago, dude. Yeah. Call me, I have problems. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm 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 all caught up to the point now where if I can watch the final episode of Rebels and literally just jump into Ahsoka. Okay. Well, that's it, everybody. Thanks very much for watching. As always, make sure to like, rate, subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys in future episodes. Thank you very much for coming back to this, coming back to the podcast. I hope you guys like all the topics, all the shenanigans. We'll see you back from Mortal Kombat Annihilation somewhere down the line. We'll see you all next time. Jacob's going to be laughing us out of here. <laughs>